Okay, people. In terms of the vaccine mandates, I acknowledge that it was a challenging time for people, but they made ultimately made their own choices. There was no there was no compulsory vaccination. People made their own choices. The government is planning to require every single teacher at every level and all support staff who work with children to be vaccinated. There was no compulsory vaccination. News Hub can reveal the mandate Chris Hipkins is taking to Cabinet on Monday is a mighty big stick. Every educator who works with a child will have to be vaccinated. People made their own choices. I can now confirm that we'll be extending this requirement to large parts of our health and education workforces as well. There was no compulsory vaccination. Cabinets agreed that high-risk workers in, health and in the health and disability sector will need to be fully vaccinated by the 1st of December. People made their own choices. This includes general practitioners, pharmacists, community health nurses, midwives, paramedics, and all healthcare workers in sites where vulnerable patients are treated, including intensive care units. There was no compulsory vaccination. We'll also be including certain non-regulated healthcare workforces, including aged residential care, home and community support services, kaupapa Māori health providers, and non-government organisations that provide health services. People made their own choices. Schools and early learning staff and the support people who work with them, who have contact with children and students, will need to be fully vaccinated by the 1st of January 2022. There was no compulsory vaccination. That includes home-based educators, all those who support people in our schools and early learning services, such as teacher aides, administration and maintenance staff, and contractors. People made their own choices. Secondary schools in Kura will also be required to keep a COVID-19 vaccination register of their students. There was no compulsory vaccination. Students that don't produce evidence of vaccination will be considered unvaccinated. People made their own choices. September 11th, 2023. Welcome to Counterspin. It is 22 years since the Twin Towers came down and fundamentally changed life on this planet as we know it. Of course, another scam being rolled out to uh, corral everyone into the Great Reset. That was basically the beginning, the most overt beginning. And since then, they've just kept those agendas rolling out. Stay to the end and we will have for you a very surprised memorial on that too. Yeah, it's going to be a really good video so that you can see how these scams um, have been going on for a long time. And COVID-19 is just the latest version of a scam that they are using to take away your freedoms and to bring in more controls. And before we introduce uh, who's going to be on the show, this episode is, of course, going to be called Episode 98, New Zealand's Gaslighting Prime Minister, because, yeah, he was gaslighting, as you saw in that opening video. Um, but we want to show you how this is not only happening in New Zealand, this is happening especially in all the Five Eyes nations and even more so in Canada and Australia as well. So check out this clip from Sky News. Politicians and health bureaucrats trying desperately to rewrite history, trying to convince people that they never advocated for crippling illiberal lockdowns, vaccine mandates, school closures. No, it's not their fault. They just made recommendations. I didn't think anyone would be stupid enough to actually follow them or enforce them. 
Along with Australia and New Zealand, Canada was right up there for COVID madness. But Prime Minister Justin Trudeau now claims that's just disinformation. He says he never insisted that everyone, young and old, healthy and infirm, get vaccinated against COVID. That's just fake news. Let's have a quick look at what Justin is saying now and what he said back then. Misinformation and disinformation is carrying people to believe things that are untrue. And vaccinations is a perfect example of it. Any vaccine we distribute to Canadians will be safe for Canadians. You know, are people who've probably gotten very sick from vaccinations. Uh, every vaccine that is improved uh, is safe for Canadians, is uncompromising. Well, individuals are allowed to make their own choices. There may be all sorts of different reasons why someone is hesitant to get vaccinated. There's no more excuses to not get your shot. And therefore, while not forcing anyone to get vaccinated, enforcement measures in place will make sure that everyone is vaccinated. I chose to make sure that all the incentives, travelers, across the country need to be fully vaccinated. People coming into the country need to be fully vaccinated. We're there. Don't get to work in the public service. Don't get to go to movie theaters or gyms or restaurants. That compilation courtesy of Milk Bar TV. But Trudeau is not alone. This week we saw Anthony Fauci, the man responsible for so much of the dysfunction surrounding our COVID response. Well, Fauci now claims the heavy-handed response was not his doing. Speaking to the New York Times, he tried to absolve himself of all responsibility. Show me a school that I shut down, he said. Show me a factory that I shut down. Never. I never did. These people, my goodness, we can never forget what they inflicted on us. And there must be a reckoning for all the politicians and public health officials for the insane overreach the inhumane policies inflicted on free people in the name of safety. They cannot be allowed to dodge responsibility. And it just gets better. I mean, people were actually expecting those comments from Chris Hipkins after saying what happened with Trudeau. And we actually said that, didn't we, Calvin, that the narrative will eventually change. And they'll say, oh, it was your own choice. You decided to take it. Nothing to do with us. And sadly, that's exactly what's happening. And there's so many angry people out there. And the man of the hour on this show is a man by the name of Brendan Pascoe. He's coming on with his wife, Stephanie Cowie. Many of you will know them as the owners of the Lone Star franchise in New Lynn. They lost everything. They'll be discussing what happened and his recent outburst at one of the markets here in Auckland uh, when Chris Hipkins decided to turn up. And many of you will actually relate to his feelings. And then we've also got Rangi from Mana News. He also caught up with Brendan. Uh, but he's coming on the show about his arrest at the Labour Party election campaign launch. Then also Dirty Sesh. He's a New Zealand comedian. He made a viral video about Chris Hipkins' recent comments. And then we'll talk to the real Rokshan as well, who put out a post about that um, and what Chris Hipkins said, and that went viral as well. So... It's basically talking about, you know, these politicians, our Prime Minister gaslighting us. Even like to us. even Charlie Kirk in the US, very popular conservative guy, <clears throat> millions and millions of followers, um, and all the others like him over there, they are just gobsmacked and and just our Prime Minister is a joke. The New Zealand political system's a joke. The entire COVID narrative that happened here 
is a complete disaster and a joke, and now the, the world community knows it. Yeah, and it's very sad because New Zealand, as we know, is kind of like a testing ground for a lot of these things. Labrats. Yep, as we've always been saying, and we do actually want to play a recent video as well from Dr. Mike Yeadon. He is no um, stranger to all of you who watch this show, but again, if you're showing this show to people uh, who are not familiar with this information, which you really ought to be doing at this point. Um, he's a top, he was a top Pfizer scientist, and this is what he has to say about the whole pandemic. Fortunately, I think this is just the beginning. Uh, yeah. So I've, lear- I've learned when people tell you what they're going to do, don't ignore them. So when the UN and Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab tell you that they've got a UN 2030 plan with uh, sustainable development goals, I think there are 17 or 21 of them, and every one of them says, you won't be travelling, you won't have a private car, we won't be using international shipping to move your goods around, uh, there won't be any um, flights except military or perhaps very rich people, uh, you'll be, you won't own anything and you'll be happy, you probably won't live in your own house, you'll be using much less uh, energy for everything, including heating, manufactured goods, and so on. When they tell you that, you should assume that they're serious about it. And so I think yes. COVID, I think COVID has been part one of a multi-act play that's going to take 10 years that will destroy the liberal democracies completely. We've already, if you think living in a democracy, now ask yourself who you could vote for that would change this. Because I don't think there's anyone you can vote for anywhere that would, is guaranteed things. So I don't have an answer, but I'm telling you, I think we're we're sliding down through the gates of hell. I'm speaking out. There's nothing in it to me. I've lost lots of money, all my friends. I'm away from my home and family. And I'm speaking out because as I close, I am absolutely sure what I've told you is substantially true. You will own nothing and you will be happy. Unbelievable. What have we been saying from the start? It's a scam. These people... It's a deliberate action to usher in all this crap that's coming. We've been calling this out from day one. We have taken the hits left, right, and center, been called all things under the sun. I've even argued here with so-called professionals that actually still believed there was some type of COVID running around. When I said from the start, it's a scam. Now it's absolutely been proven to be so. And the problem was the end result it's the jab. It's the jab. It's the jab. It's the jab. Nothing else matters. Forget the origins of anything. Forget what they were trying to combat. It's the jab that's the problem. And that was actually the action they originally wanted to take to usher everything in. Yeah. And anybody that um, decided to take the jab, as Hipkin says, it was their choice. And our next guest, Brendan Pascoe, he stood strong in the face of all the pressure because. <clears throat> It was not a choice. That was very clear. And mainstream media actually labelled him a furious man as he spoke to, or he tried to speak to the Prime Minister at the Avondale Markets. Um, Why would you not be absolutely livid? You would be absolutely livid. And anyone who says, oh, you're a bit of an overreaction, you've just lost your business. You've just lost your home. You've just um, you put yourself... And everything on the line to protect your workers to make sure they could feed their families and keep their homes. And then someone comes along, lies through his teeth, undertakes a democidal attack upon you all, to which now people are hurt and they're going to be dying in ever-increasing numbers as we go forward. 
and yet he hasn't got a right to be angry, I would be off my fucking rocker, I tell you now. Oh, yeah, there's definitely such a thing as righteous anger. And we have anger for a reason. People just say, oh, don't be angry. Don't show any emotion. But it's like when you have anger, it's because someone has overstepped the mark and someone has actually violated your whole being. And You're like the government every single day. Yeah, and so he has a right to be angry, as do you at home for what's gone on over the last three years. Now, in this next clip, it actually incorporates um, our other guests who um, will be talking about what they think of um, the the past week so check this out and then we'll come back with brendan and his wife stephanie sometimes i just feel like i'm all alone in this fucking world and nobody understands because they're too scared to fucking stand up and say something they're scared of looking like the guy who lost his job over in lone star but once i have enough funding i'm going to make a program where i can interview people like that guy from newland that lost his job at lone star Mother. Hey guys. Hey brother. Long in money you slow. Good, good. How are you? You had a little run with Chris Hopkins the other day. Well, I, I went down to say hello and uh, just just express my disappointment. By the time I got there, I worked myself up a little bit, and and I thought I was going to be able to compose myself a little bit better than I did, and uh, it just it was just so raw. How dare you? To my home, to my business. Because I didn't take an injection. How fair is that? Now you want our votes? Screw you, Chris Hipkins. Treason. Treason. They're going to be... My home and my business gone because I didn't take an injection. How fair is that? Lone Star took my home and my business because I didn't comply to these rules. Where is he? How can you calm down, mate? I've got no house, I've got no business. Everything was taken away from me. Calm down. All my staff lost their jobs. How can, how can you be calm? How can you be? Oh, mate, you just did it. I've lost words, guys. We can't let these people rule our country any longer. We can't have Labour do another term. We can't do it. We are now joined by Stephanie Cowie and Brendan Pascoe. Firstly, Calvin, what's your reaction to that video? That's the actions of a man who actually has passion, who's been through an ordeal, and it was quite evident that the little uh, chipmunk was running scared, running for cover. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting how the mainstream media tried to say, oh, he's just, you know, this angry man. And I thought actually it was more like, you know, a man who'd reached the end of his tether and who was actually in a lot of despair. So, Brendan, why don't you tell us, how how did you end up at the Avondale Markets and how did it, it all unfold? Good morning, guys. Thank you very much for having Steph and I on board. Um, how it all happened, well... I'd be I'd, on on the Saturday morning. I'd been giving uh, a couple of guys a hand, build some billboards for for Liz Gunn's campaign, Steve Oliver. So we built the billboard boards. And we were up pretty early Saturday morning, sorry Sunday morning, to go and put the billboards up around the New Lynn area. Steph was at the at the Avondale Markets with Rosa, handing out um, leaflets and had had um, New Zealand Loyal banners there. 
And uh, it was about 10 o'clock in the morning. Steve and I and a couple of other blokes had finished putting up the billboards and we were just departing the gym. Steph said to me, are you still with... I get a phone call from Steph. She said, are you still with um, Steve? To which I said, no, he's gone. She said, get hold of him. Hipkins has just walked into the market. And um, so I, I did give Steve a call. But he's, he's got kids and Father's Day. So I, so I said, look, I'll, I'll go down and say hello to Chris Hipkins. So I, I drove down towards the, the markets at Avondale. And of course, it's, it's a big, big market. And um, I had I had to park probably, I don't know, best part of 800 metres away from the market. So I went, went for the first first run I've been on in a while. Uh, went, went and found Steph at the market and said, well, which way has he gone? And uh, I had intended to say, to compose myself a little bit better than that and say, hey, this is who I am, Chris. Um, what, why? How? Why would you do this to Kiwis? Why would you sell us out for this? It's, um, but it, it didn't turn out like that. So, never mind. We just it was we were surprised at how more. triggered we were. We thought we'd dealt with it. In all honesty, um, you know, we spent the last year processing what's happened to us, um, recovering our health. Yeah, maybe give people a bit of context about mm. that. What exactly happened to both of you? Um, to just, you know, be willing to actually give it all. And then you're losing it all. Well, it really, in all honesty, it actually, uh, this whole thing uh, eventuated or happened because Brendan ended up, years ago, he had a mountain bike accident and he ended up losing his spleen and he did a lot of damage. He was in, in critical uh, care for a long time. and um, But we found out, of course, once you lose your spleen, that's your immunity gone. So for years, our GP pestered us to have his childhood vaccinations repeated which he actually didn't do for a long time and then going into COVID he needed to get an aspirin inhaler and he was strong-armed into doing it at the GP's office and so he ended up having uh, repeats of childhood vaccinations I'm pretty sure it was a smallpox one that got him and he broke out in the worst shingles and was sick as a dog for about six months it was it just wiped him it wiped him out altogether and uh, as a result of that um, you know we looked at each other while Brendan actually said to me I I can't, I can't do this. Uh, look at what this approved vaccination did. There's no way I'm taking something that is not even tested or approved. Like, no way. Yeah. So Further, that's we started looking into all the doctors that had been struck off. I, I really started. And there was so much information out there for mm. themselves. You know, it, 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 all the information was there for us. All we had to do was look, not be blinded by the TV and the, the dancing nurses and all the bollocks that was being pushed in our face. Mm. Um, you didn't. Hey, if you buy a car and you do some homework on the car and you buy a house and you get a builder's report and things, you're considered a smart consumer. Why wouldn't you do the same rather than just lining up blindly and just letting them drop, what, one injection, two injection, three injection, four, yeah, booster after booster. Where's it going to stop? Have people woken up to it? Yeah, the, the, the guys that gave us a hard time for not taking these injections, are they up to date with all their boosters or have they worked it out after the second or third booster? They're not well now. Um, you know, or I, I've, I've spoken to people, oh, I stopped at three. Well, why would you stop? You, are you an anti-vaxxer? What's wrong with you? They've got a booster program for you. It's, uh, so there was no way we were buying into it. And I certainly, we certainly felt, um, I felt very strongly about my staff not taking it also, mm. uh, saying to them, please, you, you don't have to do this to stay employed here. Um, please do your research on this before you take it blindly. Unfortunately, all our all our chefs, a lot of them are immigrants from India, and Alan from China. They um, 
All on visas. They were all on visas, so they were strong armed into it. Their, their visas would get revoked if they if they uh, couldn't have pro- proof of vaccination. Well, that's what they were led to believe. So they lined up. Mm. For it, and um, one one of one of our other girls that worked for us in our closing days, she had 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 one of the vaccinations. She fainted at work and got taken away in an ambulance in the middle of service. You know, which was horrible. It was, it was so upsetting. Like we were just like, oh my lord, what? it was terrible. Yeah, yeah. We, and we of know. course, because the calm system in New Zealand is actually. A voluntary reporting base. They only capture, mm-hmm. according to their own internal audit in 2016, between 2.6 and 5 percent of all um, adverse reactions. So you yeah. can extrapolate what we are getting now, seeing the official mm-hmm. figures, and it's huge. I think we don't really know anyone who doesn't know someone who knows someone who's been injured or dead from it. So, and I think that re- that that reporting system they have actually stopped um, putting out their latest results. Or well, they're fudging it anyway. Let's face it, because now they're calling all the jab injuries long COVID. Mm-hmm. Like now, COVID come along and wiped you and, and infected you, and that's why you're going to continue getting sick. No, the truth is we've just jabbed you with a bioweapon. Yeah. It's smashed your immune system. And even the common cold, which we used, by the way, as figures to make you believe that there's this deadly pandemic coming along. Mm. Um, that's what's going to be the thing that eventually takes you out because yeah. we're going to smash your immune system because we're part of depopulating. And uh, you just don't fit into our little criteria at the moment. Thank you. Bye. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, and I I think we should really hit home because, uh, of course, you had a Lone Star franchise. And I remember when you guys stood up and how powerful that was and, you know, it really went around the country and really gave people a lot of um, strength and hope. And when we would see a Lone Star, you know, in another place in New Zealand, we're like, nah, we're not going to Lone Star. Yeah. We've got to stand by. <laughs> it's true. Brendan. Because it was bloody good food. And then, but, yeah. you know, you used, used to like the meals. But on principle, we couldn't support it because no. it's just like, well, if you're going to do that on a whim, you don't deserve our custom. Just like every other business that people are now gone back to after being treated like lepers, yeah. it's all of a sudden, let's forgive and forget. Let's move on. No, 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 no. There is no moving on from this. No. You pricks are going to be held accountable. There are going to be criminal charges. This is the way it needs to go because they are killing people wholesale. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's about time they realize that. And the type of thing they did to you with yeah. evisceration of your business, just, I mean, if, it's not just you and your business. It's your employees. It's their yeah. families. It has big ramifications, it and did. the flow and effects are huge. And it's it still hurt, isn't it? It still it has. really you know, does. You, you, mm. don't just, you don't just – we had people say to us, oh, you must be really happy. Mm. Uh, it, it's, it's all over. We'll go back to normal now. What are you talking about? <laughs> that was, <laughs> no, a, that a, was a ridiculous thing to say. I had to walk away from that particular person who said that. I honestly couldn't – I couldn't believe what I just heard. You know, oh, the mandate's yeah. a job. You must be really happy now. Back to normal. Yeah, right. Um, but, but it's, so, it's how far, many fines as... did you get? And you know how how did how much did you actually lose? Just so people have so a Steph, really good I'll, understanding. I'll get Steph to take you through the timeline um, on that and what what Lone Star did. And uh, well, so yeah, in the end, so how the WorkSafe thing um, occurred was because Lone Star um, once we had advertised uh, for more staff um, in November. So when the hospitality mandates came on. There was actually a loophole to begin with, which said that you could opt in or out of the vaccine passport system. And so we had that checked by Restaurant Association and VFF, and they both came back and said that's correct. I even screen dumped that. I've got that those screen dumps of what the government website was saying. Um, in fact, even MBIE was telling businesses, hospitality businesses around the country, that it was an opt-in, opt-out system. Hundreds of businesses were told that, and I know that through the Restaurant Association. So um, when we 
we um, advertised on a Facebook page for more staff because we thought, right, there's all these unvaccinated people. We can give them jobs. This is great. We got to help. And so we posted on a non-discriminatory page here in Auckland and um, we got a huge response. It was ridiculous how many people replied to us. And um, uh, anyhow, the Herald got hold of it and obviously plastered us all across the paper. And then that, so that's how Lone Star found out. Um, so Lone Star took a very dim view on what we'd done and threatened us right from go. They didn't want to work with us at all on this. Um, they were very, nope, you will get this done. Um, otherwise, it's all over Red Rover. You must um, supply us with uh, proof of vaccination for all your staff. Yes. Um, yes. And so, and of course, they got a, you know, a, 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 a fancy lawyer involved and uh, it all got a little bit tense there for a wee while. But, um, you know, in that first November, December period, um, we were, the Restaurant Association were awesome. They supported us so much um, to the point where, um, so three days after they had, the, the government had announced that traffic light system, they it did a they flipped it at like a I think it was like eleven o'clock Friday night. Three days after they closed that loophole down, right? So that, that you had to be fully vaccinated, even to do click and collect, which meant we couldn't even go into our own business. So that was just mm. we we knew at that point that um, it was going to get tough, and of course then it went back to green. Every other restaurant was able to open fully and have people in, and we were made to stay at a click and collect level with no more government support. Our break even was 40k a week. We were only doing six to eight grand on click and collect. We just, we knew we weren't going to survive, um, but we had that much pressure on us. WorkSafe suddenly were on us. Um, they came into our business and fined us $24,000 worth of fine. So $12,000 for allowing unvaccinated people in the in the, in the premises and another $12,000 for uh, breaking COVID rules. So that was what that was made up of. Um, but you know what? Lone Star were the ones that, that put WorkSafe onto us. They actually phoned the Ministry of Health and dobbed us in. Our own franchisor dobbed us in. That's how bad they were. And, um, you know, they, they communicated to the rest of the franchise group that they were working with us to sort it out. They didn't do anything of the sort. They basically had it in for us the moment they knew we were standing up um, and not, uh, you know, doing what everyone else was doing, then they really, they had it, they had it in for us and they just couldn't wait to get us gone. So they ended up serving us with another three months to sell our business. Otherwise we were gone. And we knew we'd had the business on the market, on the market for the previous year, no takers. Sale proof. It was sale proof. So we knew that, you know, basically they were, they had figured out that if they did that, we'd go broke anyhow and that would take care of the problem. So you know, we went into December, everyone else was open. We weren't doing even close to what we needed to do to cover our costs. No more government support, which is what the only thing that had gotten us through like the previous two years. And, uh, yeah, so we got to mid-January and went, you know what, to hell with this, we're just opening. We're buggered anyhow, let's just go hard. And we sent 20 emails out to 20 customers and said, do not put this on social media, but spread the word. We opened for six days. We were fully packed for the full six days. It was amazing. Speaking of six days we've ever had. 20 emails. It's, that's what it took. Um, uh, <laughs> it it took. Through that process, before we opened, um, Paul Steiner was the COO mm. for Lone Star at the time. He was sent up to talk with us, and we suggested to him that, um, that Lone Star is one of New Zealand's most trusted brands. Why don't, why don't you, we as a brand stand up to these mandates? If we do this... And we choose not to discriminate. Lone Star will become a, a hero brand. These mandates aren't going to last forever. If you guys stand with us and we choose not to discriminate, everyone else is going to jump on board with us. And we, we, we as a brand, can be responsible for ending all mandates. We can get it done in a couple of days. It'll be all over. If we, this stops when we all stand up. But um, 
Hey, Lone Star was like plenty, plenty of other Kiwis, no backbone. They were just looking so after apart, their own interests. Apart from, um, yeah, apart from your hmm. business, what else did you lose? The house, because that's what we used to buy the business in the first place. So it was heavily indebted against the house. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we lost our home as well. Uh, that went, uh, we managed to sell that in, I think, June of 21. We took a wee while to sell it, but we... We got there eventually. So, yes, yeah, so we lost everything. 15 years of hospitality, hard graft, seven days a week, um, all that just gone cool. in the blink of an eye. Um, yeah, it was pretty horrendous. And all because directors of loans. And, and all because you dared to want to save lives. Yeah, absolutely. And not just so it comes against down to. people. How could you discriminate? We're not, we weren't. It was medical apartheid. You know, we just, we were like, no, we, we're absolutely not doing, not doing that. No, sorry. Yeah. Get it. And you know, so we- after everything you've been through, um, you know, and then you see Hitkins, and it obviously brought all of that back. And mm. you know, you literally just expressed what so many Kiwis are actually feeling. And Kiwis are so used to not sharing their feelings, not mm. expressing any anger, being polite. And obviously, you just you just let it out. What was your reaction then when when the Chris Hipkins video went around saying that the vaccines weren't compulsory and it was people's choice? Oh, <laughs> I, I saw it coming. Well, you know, I said Steph a long time ago, as you guys did, that, that it was going to push. But how, how are we going to outrule? You know, um, bring Agenda Twenty Thirty in. You get rid of small and medium enterprise. You do that with a vaccination. And then you, you step away from the responsibility, put it back on the employers. Your employees sue the employer for vax injuries. You know, I knew it was coming. Uh, We've just been waiting. We were really pleased to see that when it came out. Um, when we forwarded that to everybody, like, gee, New Zealand, how do you feel now? You know, you weren't forced. It was your choice. Yeah, you yeah. suckers. Yeah, and, and Lone the, Star the, took, the, Lone Star took our, the, the directors of Lone Star took our, our business our home away from us. You know, at, at the last Lone Star Awards, funnily enough, we re- received the um, Be Staunch Walk Tall Award for dealing with adversity mm-hmm. because we, we had major floodings in New Lynn at the front of our restaurant. The road out the front was uh, didn't fully reopen for 15 months. It, it's just been a, it's been a shit sandwich. I'll tell you what, if you decided day. to chop your dick off, you would have got an award for that too. <laughs> That's how pathetic things have become in this country. Yeah, totally. You get rewarded and elevated to a higher status if you're a real weird prick. But if you're actually trying to save people, how dare you? Yeah. We're trying to kill them. Yeah, that's And it. all this whole thing about these mandates, yes. no company had to enforce any of this. No. Mandates are not laws. Request. Yeah. It's request. Exactly. Yeah. It's like we request you, but you can't do this long list of no. things if you don't do it. No. So it's just yeah. like, it's okay, but so that's coercion. Oh, no, that's free choice. But if I don't choose that, I'm going to miss out on all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you choose to miss out on all that. Yeah. No, you're dickhead. Your kids no, play, dickhead. You choose to try and ruin my life, and this election we're going to ruin yours. Yeah, that's hopefully, it. the people are working up pro- enough. Through this process, we had a really lovely lady who worked at the was with the Ministry of Health. She had been to Steve Oliver, and she came to see us, and she she spoke with us about what we could do to make our restaurant COVID compliant. You know, you could have a dom on, don off station. You could have a sanitary station. She was lovely. She spent five hours with us. She was a beautiful, beautiful lady, and she she knew. That the country had been duped. She was the one that hand, she sat at the table with Hipkins, Bloomfield, and Ardern, and was partly responsible for the COVID numbers. But when she was handing the numbers over that didn't exist, and Ardern yeah. was standing up on her podium for her um, single source of truth speeches, mm. um, she, this lady had a breakdown. And um, the fact of the matter was, January, in that time in January when we lost our business, 
48% of Kiwis that were eligible still remained unvaccinated. 52% of Kiwis had had one or more. That's what we were told. So that gave us... So once we got to the end of the five hours, Steph and I sort of looked at each other, do we want to do all this? If we do this, we're just buying all this COVID bollocks. No, let's open up at least yeah. a ban face let's mask. Just let's just, you know, we're going to give people a dining experience from 2018 before all this nonsense started. Mm. Um, we know that there's almost 50% of the population out there that, that didn't didn't fall for this. Mm. So um, let's let's look after these yeah. people. And and we were so well supported. The the country stood behind us. It was, it was incredible how... how yeah, you guys were legends, and that's why we loved having the um, pre-tour yes. Um, yes. meeting at, to support your your establishment. And the table, that was a very, that was well attended too. Yes. Now, just before we wrap up, we want to um, see your T-shirt again, Brendan, because you were wearing it on the weekend, and uh, just show people what it says. Truth really, really upsets. upsets most people. It's true. Yeah. That is absolutely true. You tell these Muppets on online, hey, this is the truth. Oh, no, because they watch TV1 and TV3, and yeah. they told them something different. Therefore, yeah. that is fact-checked and everything. <laughs> I mean, chat, yeah. don't go on to GBT and try to find out any of your information either. The AI program has actually been written to keep the status quo and keep everyone in a mm -hmm. Marxist-Socialist mindset because I've had battles with uh, GBT. I've won, I've won when it ends up with, I don't wish to continue this conversation. <laughs> yeah, because you're not programmed that, well enough yet, that boy. <laughs> yeah. That Imagine that, arguing with something that's just can blips and dots, computer. you know what I mean? Exactly. But I had a bit of time, so I amused uh, uh, myself. Look at the video, I think I need to next size up. <laughs> Winter's been a little bit kind. No, 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 so it's those bulky muscles. <laughs> I've got a mono ab. <laughs> mono ab. Dad bod. Yeah, well, it's like a keg more than a six pack. Likewise. But that's okay. Bigger shirt needed. Oh, well, we've hey, got Mike, a bit, bit of work this. to do. Yeah. Okay, so is there anything else you guys want to add before we wrap it up? There shall be a reckoning, ladies I and gentlemen. We, we are coming. They are going down. I'm telling you now. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? So is Lone Star. Um, they might think we've gone away with our tail between our legs, but we haven't. Um, the fact of the matter is we have known all along that it's just a matter of time before all of this starts flipping. So we're, it's a waiting game. So yep. if you think we've gone away, Lone Star, we so haven't. We are so coming for you. We, there, were, there were other Lone Stars uh, within the brand that felt the same way as us, but they let, there were two stores that felt exactly the same as us, but they would not stand with us. Mm. So they, they let us take the hit. So it's really disappointed in the franchisees from Lone Star. Steve Robinson, yeah. who owns the Manicout and the Botany store, um, if, if you are going to support a Lone Star, He's Steve Robinson is the man to support. He was he really helped. He stayed in touch with Steph and I through this ordeal. Very um, he, he, he bought all our Lone Star even allowed us to um, buy stock the night before they terminated us. You know. Uh, we had chefs in working from nine o'clock in the morning to prepare for what could have been a, a huge, huge weekend. Mm -hmm. And um, they took till three o'clock in the afternoon to give us the termination notice. They allowed us to order $18,000 worth of stock on the Thursday wow. night. Yeah, they're mongrels, and, absolute um, scoundrels. Yeah, so Steve Robinson at the Manicow and Botany store actually assisted us and, and bought our stock off us. He was, he was really, really helpful. So if you yeah. do feel the desire to go to a Lone Star, Please support Steve. And that's Manicow yeah. and Botany. Yeah. 
but didn't awesome. hear from a single franchisee and uh, uh, another single franchisee at all. In that case, we Point may it. lift our Lone Star ban just to visit those two only. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> hey, thanks hey guys, much for thanks us, guys. so much for joining us. Yeah, yeah you, guys you did a real uh, service and you stood up and you stood strong and you can be really proud of yourselves. Thank you very much. Thanks, thanks, and guys. proud of you for supporting New Zealand Loyal. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I'll tell you, tell you a quick comment. one on that because I declared my bias for New Zealand Loyal long ago. Yes. Okay. That's why I wouldn't participate in the um, election specials because I would have just been whatever. You guys can't <laughs> even come close to the intelligence that woman has. Yes. You know, we and love your policies are basically crap. She's an amazing um, lady. Oh, she's incredible. And we're, um, we're and, going and, to get across the line. Oh yeah, all these all these naysayers and all that, all these armchair academics coming out crunching these numbers. They're just thick as pig shit, to be honest. They're probably all boosted up as well. Anyway, before I start my 100-minute rant again. (laughs) Okay, you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. Thanks. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks very much, guys. See See ya. You've just got to say, now that's an alpha male there and a real woman. Chris Hipkins, if you're wondering what a real woman is, look at Stephanie. And for those who are gender confused about what an alpha male is, just look at Brendan. Yeah, he definitely stood up and did the right thing there. Another man that is standing up doing the right thing is, of course, Rangi, who was in that clip uh, talking to Brendan before the interview we did. And he's been out there doing a lot of great uh, coverage in the truth and freedom movement here in New Zealand. Um, he also made the six o'clock news. So before we um, bring At the him big time. On, uh, actually, and we should let you know, Calvin, cameo appearance. Oh, yes, there will be a cameo appearance uh, in an upcoming in the upcoming interview with Dirty Sesh by the great storm so stick around for that and don't forget to stick around till the end because we've got that 9-11 um, mm-hmm. little piece as well so here is the six o'clock news our little um clip from rangi labor's kicked off its re-election campaign with a sweetener for under 30 voters free dental care but the event itself was marred by multiple protests that may become a fixture in the lead-up to voting day. The Labour faithful were met by a wall of opposition placards at Auckland's Aotea Centre, and they were flagged by the demonstrators as they entered. There was a noticeable police presence. Inside, the speeches were interrupted, with half a dozen people escorted out. Political editor Jessica Much Mackay was there. The colour and chaos of an official campaign launch. The Labour leader basking in the adulation of supporters. All was going swimmingly at the Aotea Centre in Auckland. It's energy like that that is going to lead us to victory in six weeks' time. But then disruption after disruption from inside the auditorium. Six people in total crashing Labour's party. Every time, Chris Hipkins had to wait for them to leave. I've been around politics for a little while, and this campaign does feel a bit different. (laughs) And not just because there's finally a ginger in charge. The event feeling different from the start, with political party Freedoms New Zealand picketing at the entrance. But Chris Hipkins says they didn't just sneak inside. The people had to register in order to get into the audience. So these are people who, you know, deliberately set out to effectively mislead. People are entitled to free speech, but look, it's not good to see the you know, Labour Party launch being disrupted like that. They're entitled to have their campaign launch in the same way the National Party is entitled to have our launch. Rangi from Mana News Live, thank you so much for joining us. My wife got it. 
Now, um, maybe do you just want to give a little bit of context about how long you've been, you know, covering the news from an honest point of view. You've been getting out there, doing lots of lives. And Great then, job, actually. Yeah, you've been fantastic. And then, um, yeah, and then lead into the story that, that happened recently at the Labour Party conference. Yeah. I, wish to, I started actually going lives when they came out with the, the measles injections. Vaccines for the measles and stuff, and we started. Uh, me and my my partner started uh, exposing all that uh, behind all the the, um, the uh, injections, and then we came into COVID. But we actually started Money News Live up down in Wellington when we heard the lies that were coming out of mainstream media, and we're coming out of Parliament, and we were witnessing what was happening around us. And we thought we got to capture this, you know. But uh, as independents, as as just uh, our normal profiles. It wasn't enough to for us to program because they shut that pro, that profile down. We couldn't get the story out, so we bought up Money News Live, and we started there. And our first shot was of a couple of cops hitting the bollards at the back of the uh, Parliament House, and that got us our kickoff. But yeah, nice. we, we've been uh, chasing all the all the truth, and whether we're right or wrong, it's not about that. It's about transparency. You know, uh, we come under fire if we do things wrong, and so be it. So be it, but if we, we catch something else doing something wrong, then they should be uh, exposed and put out there for the public to see. Definitely. So yeah, um, so yep. And um, yeah, you've been getting really involved, obviously, in the the protests and and covering all of that. And then um, there was the Freedoms NZ; they were having a protest outside the Labor Party campaign launch down at the Altair Centre. And just talk us through that day and what happened. Well, I went in and um, I knew, I, I, I had a feeling what was going on. I saw it all happening and I turned around and said, well, I'm going as independent media and I want to uh, go in there. I actually wanted to ask questions to um, Chris Hipkins as as on behalf of the viewers and as media, just uh, the straight questions, but I never got that far. I sat down and went into, uh, what sat in the room and I couldn't believe the energy I felt was very, very heavy somewhat uh, uh, claustrophobic, actually, you know. There's a lot of people yeah. that I spoke to after that that said they felt a very, a very much alone in their room because uh, people were just like they were they were um, hypnotised to labour. And yeah. I watched uh, the first one, first person get up and um, say something. I couldn't hear him from where I was sitting. And uh, I saw him get escorted out and I thought, I've got to get a better position. So I can get in close, and I was I couldn't get in from where I was sitting. So I left my seat, went into the aisles, went to the side, and started filming from there. And then a lady that I know, she got up and spoke, and she had that these people had valid questions. Now they were never heard at Parliament, and uh, it doesn't matter. Even when um, Hipkins was approached at uh, Altara Markets, and even when Luxon was approached, they don't seem to want to answer simple questions that people uh, need to ask. People need closure. People need to, uh, to heal from what we've just been through. Why there's no opposition? Why does this Labour government do that to us? You know, why did they yeah. destroy our lives? Why did they lock us down? Why did they give us something that wasn't fully um, tested and approved? They did a lot of damage. Why are they hiding the, uh, the numbers? And the same simple question, why can't they say what a woman is? <laughs> yeah, and you're right. They're 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 obfuscating a lot of the truth that's been hidden. 
Um, the thing was neither safe and effective. We know that it is killing people. And there's, but the thing is, there's going to be a lot more to come. This is only the start. The, the bad numbers people are seeing now is just the start. More and more people who have been jabbed are going to die. That's just a fact of life. And they better start getting used to it. Start getting ready to take a lot of time off work to go to a lot of funerals yeah. because that's coming. Why? Because you sat back and you allowed these Muppets to continue to kill you. Yeah. Well, now they're trying to say, move on, nothing to see here. It was all your choice to kill yourself. Uh, that's probably why they were so into that euthanasia bill. Um, you know, anything bill that's for our benefit doesn't get passed. Let's face it. And we have when we have a referendum, we say, we want this. They don't have to listen because a corporation is running the state. In 1986, we had a coup against us. And you, by going out yourself on the trappings, following these people, exposing everything that they've been saying, and having the footage and being able to show their lies here and their um, and the truth here, just like we did in Parliament Day, we showed the um, what was really happening on the ground and what the mainstream media was showing at the end of the day, and they were worlds apart. And that's unfortunately why half the population is brainwashed um, and state-sponsored, and the other half, like us, are frustrated that they can't see what's really going on. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, a lot of people don't, don't realise, but as independent media, as people that are catching the truth, we were getting threats online. Yep. Uh, in, in Parliament, I was also exposing the, the implants and the, the top makers, and I spotted a few Antifa out there, and I caught them on my live things. I screenshotted them and exposed them publicly. So I was hated within the Freedom Camp. I was hated by the police, and I was standing on the front line you know, uh, filming. So there was no safe uh, safe haven for us, even on, online. We're getting messages of hate and threats. Oh, we still get them now. Yeah, yeah. we still get them now. We can wallpaper our. We can wallpaper if we printed them all out. We can wallpaper our house. In fact, a whole apartment block. Yeah. And I, I just want to point out this hypocrisy uh, because Julian Batchelor has been doing his tour about you know stop code governance. There's been protesters breaching his doors, going in there, you know, blowing whistles, uh, smashing laptops. And I checked with Julian yesterday, and the lady that smashed his laptop, she hasn't been arrested. Uh, you know, they'll get hundreds of protests out the front, you know, making a total racket, threatening people. The, the police are not protecting those events, allowing those people the to police speak. are on stand-down orders. It's deliberate BLM Antifa crap that the whole um, Democrats in the U.S. and our sycophants here with the Marxist socialist crap are deliberately pushing they want us to go to war with each other. That's what they want. Exactly. That's what we're not going to give them. Exactly. Yeah, so at this event, there was about six people, I think, that wanted to, you know, stand up and have a say. They all got dragged out. Uh, I think maybe you, the lady that you were close to may have been the second or third one. So just talk us through what happened there. When she stood up, she told Luxon what about her job, because she'd obviously been mandated out of a job. You went in, you pushed in with your camera because you wanted to capture it, and then what happened? Well, I saw one security guy go in. And then another one, and I see them both grab her with two hands and in the tight grass. So I've reached out, I reach, reach forward, I've grabbed the security guy's hands, I pulled her off her, and I said, Bro, you can't put your hands on him. You can't do that. You know, she's got, sure. a, she's got a valid point and stuff. Then he's looked at me and he goes, Where's your media pass? I said, Stuff your media pass. Now I'm part yeah. of the public, and these guys are after our votes. Why can't we ask those questions? Why can't they answer, you know? Anyway, yeah. So they started, as they started walking out, a, 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 a guy comes up and he goes, come on, move on, move on, move out, move out. And he's grabbed my arm and he's trying to twist it as he's pushed me up and I started whacking his arm off. And he's done that twice and then he goes, I'm a police officer. 
And then I says, okay, Amy, you still can't, you know, you got no right to hit me, uh, to grab me. And then, and I'm trying to look for a place to step to the side. There's uh, people right up to the aisle on my left side in the seats, so I couldn't step into those aisles. There were people to my right side. I knew where I'd parted myself was a gap in between the seats, a little aisle. And I was trying to work my way back to there. And as I got there, and this guy's turned around and says, OK, then come on, you trespass. And I asked him what for. I'd gone with the ticket. I, had, I hadn't uh, disturbed uh, any, any part of the, uh, the proceedings. I had a valid reason because I was protecting uh, a female, not another, another fellow Kiwi, from being manhandled by two big goons, and she didn't need to be touched by, by two big goons like that. Yeah, walk have just been completely asked to leave. Like they, because no security guard is actually allowed to uh, touch you. No, all they are allowed to do under their their own licensing, I know this, is to basically back off and observe and then report. Yep. Simple as that. Yeah. So the, this police officer, he's uh, grabbed me, says, "Okay, you're trespass," and started walking me out. So I've stopped. I've let them go by because there's a lot of people, and I mean, when I was walking backwards, there were people behind me. And, and there were uh, cameras going everywhere, and there were people pushing forward, there were people to either side of us. So I let them go forward and I turned my camera on to selfie mode to go to go to capture live. I, I knew I needed to know that I need to keep live all the way through this right to the very end so I can capture anything that I need, any evidence. And as I turned it on, I was going, look at this guy, he's, he's been manhandling me, he's grabbed me, he's trying to escort me out. And the moment we got to the door, all of a sudden he goes, okay, then you're under arrest. And I thought, you know, why are you arresting me? What crime have I committed? There was no, uh, there was no uh, explanation to why he's arresting me. They got down the bottom. They threw me against the wall. They've handcuffed me. I've kept a hold of my phone until I got there. And they started walking me out of the building. And as I got to the, out of the building, I thought, okay, then there's part of my crew out there. There's mainstream media running ahead of me. I've still got my phone in my hand. And I got to the door and I said, I've got to make a noise. I've got to speak out loud that uh, all the tyranny has taken place. Absolutely. You know, so and it's going to get worse. It's it's going to, there's, there's more to come. Well, you know, look at look at Wellington. You know, I was uh, sprayed twice with uh, pepper spray. I was tear gassed. I was uh, sprayed with um, uh, fire extinguisher. I was hit yep. from behind by Antifa. They were coming in from the back of us. So I was protecting mm. from behind. Girls up the front, and then they hit us with this uh, sonic boom machine. And then at the very end, like this from half past uh, about quarter to six in the morning, at the very end, about half past five in, in, the, eve in the afternoon, evening, I saw them open up and I saw a guy come out with a gun and start shooting at me. Hmm. Yeah, and I was there till about half past eight. So I took the beating all day. My eyes took months to heal because that spray was more intense. Uh, I don't yep. know if they had it, but it really boosted it. But I saw the violence firsthand. I felt the violence. And I knew that every time I get in front of them and I capture truth, I know there's a potential of me getting hurt, arrested. But that's the price I'm prepared to pay to get the truth out to yep. the people. 100%, mate. Yeah, so what happened? They took you to the police station and then, what, no official charges laid? Well, they uh, they, re they read me all my rights twice. Once walking up the road. And then uh, getting in the police car, they're my rights twice. I got another police officer up, up the car. He tried to shove me up against the car and he tried to bring and break my arm as he tried to put me in the back seat for no reason. 
and then they took me to Mount Eden Police Station. Uh, they searched me, and they sat me in the holding, holding cell, and they you know, said, wait there while we process you. Now, I take it they went and looked back at my footage and saw that what actually happened. Then they came to open the door and said, you can go. No charges. And what's happening now? Are you going to kind of... And they'll get off kidnapping. That's yeah. actually kidnapping. Yeah. But, but it's okay if they do it. If the state does it to you, that's fine. You know, nothing to see here. But if you did it, my God, there'd be hell to pay. Yep. And I knew, I knew if I fought back when that guy was arresting me, uh, uh, falsely arresting me, I knew if I fought back, that then they had something on me. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Just got to go through the process and then take them to court for so false what, arrest. So what's your next steps from here? Well, my next steps is to is to go and uh, lay charges and uh, start proceedings. I, I, you know, I know that the chance of me winning is is is, is zero, but it puts it in the, it puts it in the system, puts it in the process, and it's a follow on. So to say to them, I'm not going to accept that. What you did yeah. to me was wrong. You uh, you hurt my arm. You, I told them I had a frozen shoulder. They tried to break my arm and they gave more damage to my shoulder. And I'm not one to sit back and cry about it. But I'm not one to let it go by, too. You know? Yeah, because Callum, what do you think? With, it's worth. It's it is worth. Uh, absolutely, because through with these things, there's a whole lot of people who have actually got on the record now. All of the evil crap that the government's been doing to us all, and the henchmen, like the the ones in the New Zealand police, and I've said it for for ages. If there's there are some good cops in there, unfortunately, scum rises to the top, and they're the ones calling the shots. Get rid of the top part of it. And believe me, there are some good cops who will actually do it. But the problem is they're not standing up. If all the good cops stood up and said, look, we're not doing this until you clean this shit up, uh, there won't be enough police left to arrest anybody. So they've got to, you know, families have police officer relations. Get in their ear. Start saying, hey, stand with the people because this thing's coming and everyone who's been associated with it is going to get done in the end. There's no two ways about it. There is a reckoning coming, I'm telling you now. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I ran the house, me and my wife ran the house for five years. We were taking people from the courts. We were taking people from the streets, and we were helping rehabilitate, rehabilitate them. And I also had a business, and we worked straight through COVID. We never listened to anything they said. We never locked ourselves in. We, we hired all the people that we took off the streets, gave them jobs, and they were in our bubble because we all lived in a, a property that had five different places on, the, on one property. Yep. So we are all in the same bubble. We worked together all the way through COVID. Now, uh, and I also did a lot of mentoring in Spring Hill Prison. So I worked alongside the police and the courts for a long time, and they were bringing people to us uh, to yeah. help. But I couldn't believe that these very same people uh, turned against us. Yeah, because it's a matter of expediency. It's just like they're using Māori now for this co-governance thing. As soon as they have no further use, they will discard them like yesterday's newspaper, like they do with everyone else. And these people have got to realize that. We are all their targets, not just a specific race, color, or creed. We are all in the gun from these pricks. That's why we've got to reclaim it and take it back. Well, the one thing that shocks me is, is after coming out of COVID, now we knew there was a pandemic. We knew there was a yep. We knew there was a testing testing ground for what for bigger things to come. And I move on. You know, the moment you go for a testing, it's a big DNA grab. You know, you have right. DNA worldwide. So what's your reaction, uh, Rangi, then to Hipkins' comments about, you know, it's all just a choice. The vaccine wasn't compulsory. <laughs> you know what? Uh, it's it's hard to keep your emotions in check. It yeah. really is because yeah. I, I saw a lot of people, innocent people, you know, old ladies, young ladies, uh, kids get beaten. 
because they were down there because of those mandates. And I, yeah. and I saw them get beaten to a pulp. I seen an old man getting punched with gloves that had uh, was like getting punched with knuckle busters, you know, smacked yeah. to the ground. And um, I listened to Hipkins and I just uh, I just followed hard and say that I've got work to do. I've got to keep the exposing the truth, and uh, I can't let it overwhelm me or uh, uh, swallow me up because then I'll be no good to no one. Yeah, but you must you must have also uh, felt for Brendan Pascoe there when he was at the Avondale Markets uh, oh, when he talked to Hipkins. I, I felt for I too. I, I, I felt for my, I feel for a lot of people. You know, I felt for all the people that got escorted out of there because mm, yeah. they were a part of this country and they were affected by uh, what their government had done. And this government yeah. still still takes no ownership of it and no responsibility. And anyone that does yep, exactly is classed as a terrorist or a troublemaker, heckler. Yeah. Hey, well, thanks so much for joining us. And it's so great to, you know, um, have people like yourselves to stand next to in this fight, exposing the truth and um, keep up the good work. But before you go, let everyone on here know where they can actually follow your work because it's well worth following you and um, keeping up to date on your progress. Well, you can follow, follow us at uh, uh, Money News Live. Uh, we, we we have links up there to our other platforms. And, so that's uh, on Facebook? Yep, it's on Facebook. Yep. Brilliant. Cool. Awesome. Thanks so much, Rangi. And You're a hero, mate. And keep up the good work. Yeah, let us know how you get on with that. Um, thank, uh, thank, thank, you guys, thank you guys for your continuous coverage. You know, it's, uh, that was a bit of blessing when people are locked in their doors inside their rooms and didn't know what was going yep. on inside. Oh, cheers, mate. Yeah, we're all going to do our bid, eh? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you. See you again. See Thank ya. You. There's another one. There's what? Two of them? And they fund themselves, and yet they pull some. They're, they're all over the place. They they do damn good work. So, money news live people go and support them. Share their stuff everywhere because those are the type of real people out there doing the work that need to be highlighted, and not these fake virtue signaling pricks that we have that have become virtually mainstream media now. Definitely, and another man that is getting the truth out there um, in more of a comedic way, and I think that's probably why he's managed to stay on all the mainstream social media platforms is dirty sesh now we're going to play you a short clip from his latest video also featuring the other man of the hour chris hipkins let me ask you something new zealand were you born yesterday do you have short-term memory loss do you have dementia are you scared mummy and daddy might tell me off if i speak up and say something or are you just blind and dumb at the same time in case you don't know where I'm going with this, this is what the Prime Minister of New Zealand said yesterday. Um, in terms of the vaccine mandates, I acknowledge that it was a challenging time for people, but they made ultimately made their own choices. There was no, there was no compulsory vaccination. People made their own choices. They are now coming out and telling you that they did not force a mandate or make it compulsory to take the vaccine. They are now telling you that it was your choice, that it was your option. You you chose to do this not us we didn't tell you to do it we didn't say if you don't take the jab you don't have a job we never said that at all no 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 your choice your decision you made that up you're a grown adult why the fuck are you blaming us isn't it scary that i just mentioned this 
Johnson, my last post. Literally my last post. Matter of fact, let's replay it for them right now. This this was on my last post. I've seen these people now say, hey, no, we didn't try to force a mandate on you. It was an option. It was a choice. I'm pretty fucking sure take the jab or don't have a job isn't a choice. You're telling me what to do at that point. They are playing mind games on you. Do you not see what's happening? How many times do I have to repeat this? What the fuck is going on upstairs in your brain to not make it make sense of what the fuck they're trying to do? I don't get it. I don't get it. I think you should all just line up again and go take another one just for the fuck of it. But thankfully, there is something called the internet. So let's see for all the dickheads out there that think that I'm just on some anti-vax rant just making shit up. Let's go back a couple years and see what the fuck went before him said about vaccine mandates. But before we do that, look at the lady in the background. Look at that face. Does that look like a warm welcoming to you? Does it look like a friendly invite? Does that look like positive energy? No. It doesn't. It looks like an evil, scowly-looking cow. That clip is just the opening in uh, the video of Sessions called Watch Me Roast Chris Hipkins. And we definitely recommend you go and check out the rest of that video on all of Sessions' social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, slash X. Uh, and there you're going to find all his other um, enlightening videos as well. Twitter transitioned and that has now become X. Yeah, sort of gender transformation. But anyway. Right now we have the man himself. And uh, here with us, Sish, welcome to Counterspin. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Now, you're a comedian, you're a rapper, and you've become a political commentator. Um, You know, what has actually made you step into that arena and actually start, you know, discussing politics? Because it's not something that young people or, you know, even semi-young people actually want to do these days yeah so uh briefly it just uh it started from lockdowns um i was in australia working doing what i love getting paid for doing what i love and then i got forced to come back home when everything went red and everything was shutting down uh i didn't agree with what was happening i thought it was a bunch of bullshit anyways but, you know, we still had to be wary and all that kind of stuff. So I came back home and then I just kept getting thrown into quarantine. I came back on a green flight from Brisbane with all my papers, actually two or three certificates that I paid for that never got reimbursed. And I was the only person on my flight that got taken away by the police um, to a hotel quarantine. And then I was forced to pay $3,800 for that six months later. And so... That whole time, yeah, just nothing made sense. Plus, when I came back, I was like, all right, so what am I going to do? I wanted to be an actor and all this kind of stuff. And then I got messages that you needed to be jabbed to be on set. And I was like, well, there goes my dreams. And I just started getting more frustrated and infuriated at the situation. So instead of going online like some people had and looking like a nut job and just screaming and rah and ranting and all that, I thought I would give my point of view with a bit of humor because I've always kind of been funny, I guess, in my circle of friends. So I just kind of used that and blended it with what was going on and my opinions and thoughts. And yeah, let it be known. Everybody, uh, well, a lot of people thought uh, exactly the same. 
do you do you just go after Hipkins or do you go after Luxon as well? I mean, do you, do you have an opinion on on the the other side of politics? Uh, right now, not really. Uh, with Luxon's, um, Luxon, whatever his name is. Uh, I've just been going at Hip. Well, obviously, I was going at Ardern because she was the main character during the time, and uh, but now that it shifted to Hipkins, I mean, he is our prime minister. He is the one in charge. The other guy is just trying to be in charge right now, so he's not really relevant in my eyes to be spoken on. And, I mean, due to the recent comments that Hipkins has given, he's just feeding me more entertaining, valuable information to rip him apart with, you know? Yeah, because that was pretty heavy, wasn't it, what Hipkins came out and said that, you know, the vaccines weren't compulsory. It's like, come on. Like, he's seriously gaslighting us now, and he thinks people are just stupid. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's come out. He, I mean, I heard, uh, I don't know what his last name is, but Mike from uh, News Talk ZB and he, you know, and the prime minister doubled down and, you know, he said, no, yeah, it was their choice, da, 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 da. And no, I didn't use this word. I use this word. It's like, it doesn't matter what word you use, bro. Like everybody at home, all they heard was, no, it was your choice when in fact it wasn't their choice. That's all they heard. They don't care that you didn't use a specific word, bro. You, you know what I mean? So, yeah, to me, to be honest, I was laughing the whole time when I saw it. And I was like, who thought in his team that this was a good idea to go out in front of the public and say this? Like, yeah, sure. Say it behind cabinet doors and blah, 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 blah. But to go out there and be like, hey, this is a good idea. Let's go and tell them that it was their choice. That'll get more votes up. Like, <laughs> what an idiot. It's- it's, it's like it's like throwing someone out of a plane without a parachute and saying it's your choice if you hit the ground or not. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, no, I think it was the the, the most ridiculous thing he could have done. He looked like he's already an idiot, so he looked even more as an idiot when he when he said that. And I was just yeah, I was just really shocked. And then to go on News Talk ZB the next day and double down. <laughs> Yeah. When I think about it, I just can't help but laugh. I'm like, why would you do that? I thought these people were smart. Obviously not. <laughs> oh, I know. It's just like either either it's like a script that's rolling out again because Trudeau's done the same thing. You know, there's other leaders all around yeah, the but, world now. But it's messaging. We said that before. Yeah. In fact, if people want to go back and look at Event 201 where this whole scenario was played out, they, they introduce this mythical virus. They make everyone scared to then go and get the real harm doer, which is the jab. And then they they have a targeting for those who are staunchly opposing it. So they bring out the influencers, they bring out the church leaders, they bring out the politicians, people who are trusted in the community to coax them into taking it. They also then have the media say the same phraseology, ad nauseum, almonds and almonds, like a brainwashing. We call it uh, the layer effect. We plant a seed and then you just keep layering over it and then it becomes your thoughts when it never really was. It's implanted, growing, and then all of a sudden you believe it's real when yeah, all you've really done has been brainwashed. It's, uh, because yeah, I know the sound, when you say this word or this phrasing, it's uh, it's considered very tinfoil. But um, whenever people would bring up to me like, hey, do you know what MK Ultra is? And blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then once I kind of understood what that was, that's what that is, bro. Yeah. Yeah. That's what exactly. that is. It, exactly. It's control. It's making you do something that you never wanted to do. Hey, Nike just gave us some new, like this new commercial with this new shoe. I never wanted that shoe, but now I want it. It's making yeah. you do something that you never thought you wanted to do prior, you know? Exactly. And they also incorporated that in through Operation Mockingbird, which is when the CIA started influencing all major media outlets, newspapers, and all that to again 
plant the seed. And then uh, it happens like you'll see that Nick Dalda idiot that hangs out down in Parliament. It looks like a little ferret, ferret cross with a rat. Um, he he goes there. He's Mark Dalda. Mark Dalda? Yeah. Whatever the hell was it? Dalda anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and and yet he, he gives stories. He, he writes stories of what is going to happen. He basically messages what's going to happen. And then a few weeks later, sure enough, all that conversation starts becoming mainstream and they do it to everything just to control speech, control all that. Because as far as they're concerned, Sesh, you'll be a white supremacist, far right activist. This is, and they will convince people that that is actually true. Yeah. Can I just say something real quick? Cause I'm touching on this on a subject I'm, I'm dropping on my YouTube page anyways. And, and I l- say it pretty clearly. I, don't identify as a right-wing person it just so happens that the way that i think and the things that i agree with and the things that make sense to me just so happen to be a right-wing view but i'm not intentionally trying to be right dude if the left wing thought how i thought then i guess i'd be left you know you know what i mean like it's but we're we're like that as well because they say we're uh, far right white supremacists we're not we're we're straight up the middle we believe in right and wrong and common sense logic and reason and whatever we believe that you know is a good thing for humanity that's what we believe in it's not exactly for us it's not left or right anymore it's like it's right or wrong and this whole mk ultra thing that like i'm just going to segue because this is really important like that uh covid psyop basically caused so much trauma and so much um pain for a lot of people and you know funny that you laughed at that reaction because i mean that's good that you were able to laugh at um hipkins but a lot of people actually had a really bad reaction and they were triggered um did you see that footage of brendan pasco you know down at the avondale markets because i mean he lost everything yes 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 and i i i want to say like I lived, I've lived in West Auckland many, many years, and I used to go to that Lone Star all the time and order ribs every single time. Uh, so it was very heartbreaking to see that. What's even more heartbreaking is, you know, some people trying to spit. They, <laughs> I'm like giving away content that I've already recorded for my stuff, but they, it's like, it's hurtful to see like media outlets try to flip the narrative that this guy is just fucking crazy you know oh oh look at him he's yelling let's beware guys it's like yeah it's very sad to see that but yeah no that was heartbreaking to see man like it's and and it would be triggering and when i laugh you you, most everybody out there knows that i'm not laughing at the people that he is talking to i am just laughing at how ridiculous ridiculous it is that he was allowed to say that because we know that they they're not speaking from their heart they're speaking from the script that is given and provided to them before they walk into these situations if you don't think that's true then you live in a fairy tale but to 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 see that he said that that's what i was laughing at i was like oh my god this this guy's fucked yeah, it was just so unbelievable. And and you have to laugh because it is so ridiculous. Like we literally yeah. live in a clown world. It's so upside down that these people can even actually get away with this stuff. And that still there's a large percentage of the population that is still lapping it up. And if you don't laugh, you'll pretty much just cry. Exactly, exactly. And that's why I, I do what I do. And I say the things that I say, because I I know for a fact, like the clip you played earlier, I, I know for a fact, there were a lot of people at home in New Zealand thinking exactly that. And the people that 
are jabbed as well that didn't want to take it. You know, I, I think they would be, well, they would be angry the most. They would, they will be the ones that are hurt the most. I mean, us people that didn't fall for it and stuff like that. Like, I mean, you know, we're just sitting there going, we told you, but you know, to the ones that didn't want it, but they're not, you know, and people, there are people out there that say, no, they did have a choice. They just shouldn't. It's like, dude, you're not in their situation. People have to pay bills, man. You know what I'm saying? People have to still earn money. I don't, you know, I'm not shitting on those people. So when you have the leader of our country, the one where no one got to choose, but the, this guy come up and, and say these things, you're just like, I can, I can, I can only imagine how infuriating that would be, especially especially if you didn't want to take it but had to and then got injured oh exactly and the the interesting thing that i'm actually noticing also is yes there's some people that are angry but there are also a lot of people who are just kind of like oh well i did what i had to do you know yeah the government might have lied and yeah that jab was you know experimental and wasn't proven safe but you know i did my part for the team of five million and they're like not even getting angry and it's like i'm like what the hell is going on with these people yeah because those people are uh, uh, yeah uh, those people are dumb anyways like uh you know like i i laugh when you say that because i'm like of course there are of course there's still stupid people that just want to live in denial they have you know they they no, that that's not possible. It's still good for me. I should still go get another one. It's like, yeah, you should go get ten more, please, please go and do that. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, that's there are bound to be people that are exactly like that. Like, oh well, it is what it is. It's like, why do you even exist on this planet? I I don't know why you're here. You make no sense. You you're not adding value to to our system. You know what I mean? You just oh, you can. T- that's exactly why the elites or the you know the so-called elites they they call them the useless eaters because they literally just eat go to work you know get entertained by all those trinkets that you know the deep state and the the corporations feed them and they never actually think outside the box they never question the reality that we're in they never realize that maybe this is the truman show or maybe we are in the matrix and we can actually get out of it i mean what are you going to do sesh um because it's looking like luxon will get in and the national party so do you think, well, we hope, uh, yeah, we hope obviously not because there's a lot of other great options. But if you're looking at mainstream media polls, will you carry on um, and, you know, hold their feet to the fire as well? Dude, I'm going to I'm gonna roast and bring up and talk about anybody that is do- that are doing things that don't make sense. Like I said, it doesn't matter if you're Labour or National. If you're saying stupid and ridiculous things, I am here to point it out and make everybody laugh at you. Because you know what these people don't like? Are people laughing at them that don't like that. That's why they have the power of the media to try and make it look like this guy is a crazy person. It's like, no, you're just... I'm trying to hold my words back, <laughs> but like, yeah, we can see what's happening. And so, yeah, whether it's national labor, blue, red, doesn't matter to me, left, right. If you're saying something stupid, I'm going to point it out and make sure that everybody that follows me can hear exactly what I'm saying. Excellent. Hey, and one more question before you go. What do you think of um, the state of comedy in New Zealand around the world? Because to be honest, I mean, we went to see, Dave Chappelle recently when he came to New Zealand, his early stuff was amazing. Like he was fully calling out the whole conspiracies, everything. 
Um, but he was actually really lame. It was like really disappointing. What do you think of mainstream comedy? Well, I would like to say that I went to Dave Chappelle as well. Uh, I could tell he didn't. He's have... a bit woke. Come on. Well, for me, because I've grown up on Dave Chappelle, that's like one of my favorite. That That's where I get a lot of my influence from. And I could tell that he was there just kind of freestyling. It wasn't like a properly written scripted uh, stand up bit that we saw on his earlier DVDs and stuff like that. But I do want to say that it was amazing to me that he was saying the F word a lot. And I'm not talking about fuck. I'm talking about another F word. And everybody in the crowd was laughing. But yet if we said it in a comedy piece online, well, then we're a homophobic. But when these people say it, everybody, whether you're gay, trans, whatever, they were laughing because it's this guy saying it, you know? But uh, in terms of like the state of comedy i don't know about uh, around the world but i'll say in new zealand these guys are useless these guys are hopeless they're not funny none of them are funny no one's ever been funny for a long long time i'm not trying to be a hater i'm just being honest i went to a comedy club uh, about i don't know maybe a year ago or six months ago i can't remember but it was just not funny and the only people in there that were laughing were probably just their family and friends that came along this probably sounds like a hate of you but i'm, I'm not i'm just being honest like nothing is funny and then we let all these comedians on the project get celebrated and they're just so dry, bro. Like, you know, but obviously mainstream's only going to pick the ones that they want. Like I said, I make no money from what I'm doing. Hence why I have a subscription page that people can um, sign up to. But if I was talking about, yay, Chris Hipkins is the man. I love him, man. Everyone go get the jab. People have told me, bro, you'd be sponsored out the ass right now. You'd probably be on TV. You'd probably have your own show. Even if it was as brutal as I was saying, like they would love that. But because I'm not, yeah, it's just a bit, things are just hidden under the carpet. So, Well, yeah. and this is the thing though, but comedians were always supposed to be the ones that were like the canary in the coal mine. Like they were actually, you know, holding like truth to power and saying truth, speaking truth to power and making us see the ironies about um you know the situation that we're in like um you know Carlin was great as well yes, and I love him. um yes. but yeah it's, so what happens is anytime they go off script anytime they're not pushing this woke narrative they basically get cancelled so i mean i think <laughs> good on you for doing what you're doing um you know it it takes a lot of guts and uh yeah, it's just, you know, it's like the musicians in this country, the ones that push the jab as well, the ones that, you know, push the festivals where everyone had to get the jabs. I mean, they just don't want to get rid of their Sony deals. That's why. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And I've had um, a lot of famous musicians uh, reach out to me and say that they agree with what I say, but they can't say it because they're playing the game. And I, I don't even get mad at that because I, I can't hate on anybody's hustle or the way that they think that they should. But if I could, if they are listening or if they do hear this, what I'll say to them is yeah. stop stop thinking that we live in this 1960s world where we still have to rely on the machine to push us. I mean, people say to me, how did you get, um, I hate saying this word, but how did you get like popular doing what you're doing? I just did what I'm doing. You know, I, I, I just create and that's all they need to do. Stop worrying about, oh, but. I need Spotify to help me. It's like, you, you actually don't. You just need to figure out a different marketing strategy for yourself. But yeah, I mean, no, nah, I appreciate it. 
Um, and I don't really, I never grew up in a society where we had canceling and all this stuff. So I don't even care about that because I have people around me that are scared about being canceled. I'm like, you're only going to, it's, it's only terrifying if you let that thought be terrifying. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, we've we've experienced the same thing. Um, Calvin's back now and he's brought the reason why he had to duck <laughs> off out there. So, Storm, welcome to the show. You're making your debut. What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, so, taken over. yeah, so we, we've been we've been cancelled. Um, you know, they've taken us off Instagram, TikTok. I don't know how we managed to stay on Facebook, but we're heavily shadow banned. Uh, you know, the mainstream media smeared us and we just keep going because like you, we believe in the truth. Uh, we're not scared. And also like you, um, we're not wealthy because of it. In fact, we're broke. So why don't you just plug yourself? Where can people go and support you financially? Where can they go and watch you um, and check out that latest video that you're going to And always remember probably. to share the content far and wide. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I'm on all pages still. I've still got my Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I am on TikTok, but I don't use it because they always find a way, even when I heavily edit my stuff, they'll figure out a way to take it down. So I hardly post on there. But yeah, the main one's Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. I'm on YouTube now. So I'm doing, I'm trying to transform my Instagram content into a YouTube platform style. Um, and you can support me on my Patreon, which is in the link in my description on my Instagram, uh, where you sign up for $7 a month and you get all my uh youtube content unedited uncensored and i can say whatever i want on there and it's beautiful brilliant excellent yes we love that so thanks so much for joining us um we oh, wish you, you all the best and i really encourage everyone to go and uh support your work and if you're overseas and you've got a uh podcast or a show whatever reach out to sesh uh you know he's one of new zealand's best exports at the moment i'd say in terms of truth telling and making it hip and funky and uh <laughs> reaching out to you know a younger audience no, I, appreci I appreciate it, man. And thank you so much for inviting me. Like you said, like it's very hard to be invited onto platforms to speak about stuff like this or even just have interviews now. Uh, yeah. It was a lot different when I was just a musician. That was every other day. But now that I'm doing what I'm doing, it's very, very hard. So I, I, I really um, humbly like appreciate you guys asking me to come on here. Now, we've all got I to would... support each other and we're all on the same side. Yeah. And Storm approves of this message. <laughs> <laughs> cool thanks for joining us thank you it's imperative that people like sesh get the airtime they deserve because not only does he bring humor um and bring a sense of logic common sense and reason he um he delivers it in a no frills you're definitely not mistaken what i'm telling you way and that deserves to be sent far and wide so please go do that go to all his platforms share it and uh override any censorship that may befall upon him after he came on counterspin yes and another man that also needs a lot of um sharing of his work is our next guest his name is rukshan fernando aka the real rukshan many of you will have been following him over the um atrocities essentially that were happening over across the ditch good to know that we stand shoulder to shoulder with some great That's expert That's live right. and well there Yep. So and he's becoming a regular to New Zealand shores, of course, which is good. Yeah. So um, go and check out all his social media pages to check out what he was up to. Um, but in the meantime, here's our interview with the real Rukshan. Rukshan Fernando, aka the real Rukshan, joins us now. Great to have you with us. Great to be on, guys. Thanks for having me on. 
Hey, sometimes here in New Zealand, the media does such a bad job at covering what's going on in politics. We actually have to look overseas to, to get a good perspective on our own politicians. And you recently put out um, Chris Hipkins' latest gaffe, and it's gone viral on Twitter. And also you've had a video go viral on Facebook about Chris Hipkins. Why do you even care about what's happening in New Zealand? <laughs> Look, to be honest, uh, it's usually pretty funny what's happening in New Zealand. And for us watching from abroad, uh, when we see the comments that your leaders make, of course, we had Jacinda Ardern there for a long time, providing comedic relief with some of the statements that she's making. And now we have Chris Hipkins. Maybe you guys are in a bubble up there in New Zealand, but when we watch it from abroad, and this is from Australia, our, our leaders are also ludicrous. But for some reason, uh, New Zealand tends to have even more ludicrous comments coming from their leaders. So uh, it's very easy to kind of uh, clip some of these videos. And when, when the world sees uh, these comments that they're making, the world actually listens because it's almost like uh, this comedic relief. It's ludicrous and everyone reacts to it. And, you know, it's coming from your your country. It's coming from New Zealand. And I don't know what, 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 what more to say about that. And you find the gaslighting has just gone next level. I mean, you've got it in Australia too. They'll tell you safe and effective. You can't get it, can't catch it. You're not going to die. The whole list of pluses. We find out later that the, everything they said was a complete and utter lie. Um, and now the jab injured are now saying, no, no, you're not really jab injured. That's long COVID. Yeah, or it's the environment. Uh, um, this global boiling now is going to have a sudden death syndrome attached to it. And it's the like I say, it's ludicrous. Um, we've heard the Australian politicians as well. Um, you've done clips there where, you, where you've got uh, Dan Andrews or something stating, well, they're just not going to have a job um, if they don't take it. And then, oh, no, people people, people chose it. They, they chose that. I mean, I, I read one comment, and it's true. How how long, how, how much extreme coercion, uh, what level of extreme coercion before it becomes compulsory? You know what I mean? Yes. It's incredible. No, I agree with you. And look, I, I was laughing before about the comments made by Chris Hipkins, but the comments themselves are very serious. And when we consider what actually happened during that period of time, when we have these leaders making these type of, you know, comments about generally things that, you know, I would uh, categorize as being forced. Now they use words like it wasn't compulsory. They things say things like, well, it was mandatory as a way of skirting around the issue. But really, people's livelihoods were on the line, people's jobs, uh, people's ability to see each other, people's ability to, you know, uh, send their kids to school, maybe like all these kind of complications were there for people where they had to make a choice. Yes, but there was coercion attached to that choice. And now to see our leaders, whether it's in New Zealand, Canada or Australia, turn around and, you know, tell the people, you know, we, we offered you guys a choice and you made that choice. Ultimately, you're responsible for it. And like you said, we have lots of people with vaccine injuries and all sorts of other complications because of this and even if you don't have any of these complications i i bet you not there would be hundreds of thousands if not millions of people in our countries who would have taken these jabs only because they were coerced uh through these mandates and even for them they would be feeling offended by these type of comments because it doesn't actually uh talk to the reality of the situation that many of us face during that time there, there, there is this uh, tendency now, and we saw it in Australia when some Pfizer um, um, company officials were questioned by our Senate. 
even the companies mm. themselves are happy to rewrite this history about oh no no people weren't forced you know <laughs> the government gave you a choice to take our products and uh, it's just it's just very laughable now because we know deep down every single person that saw what happened during that time knows the reality of the situation so <clears throat> when we see chris hipkins um or justin trudeau or the leaders in our country make these comments uh, we know they're full of BS and it's just hard to reconcile those two things. So I think that's why you're seeing a lot of the anger and stuff come out uh, when the people react to these comments, because why not? We should be angry about what they're saying today. Yeah, because did you see that video of Brendan Pascoe who actually um, tried to approach Chris Hipkins at the markets? Yes, I, I, that I, went have, viral I, have, as well. yeah, I have seen that video and there is a lot of people like that in Australia as well who are hurting a lot of destroyed businesses, a lot of people that made a lot of sacrifices uh, because of, you know, the situations that governments put them into. Now, these are all people who also, you know, they they might have taken the jab, they might have done things like let, let go of staff from their business, and all of that stuff may have led to them actually ruining their businesses in the future. There are also people who yeah. refuse to be a part of this program like the many people in both our countries. And they also suffered the consequences of all of this as well. And today, with all the information that we're seeing coming out, uh, of course, there's going to be anger about this. And I think the more that politicians don't actually come out and face the public on this, the more that we don't get transparency around these issues, the more that yeah. you know we're fighting in our country right now for a royal commission to actually understand why some of these decisions were made. They're very, they're very reluctant to actually do this to give us answers because you know a lot of the times you know the things they said to us <laughs> to justify the destruction of our lives and the destruction of businesses. A lot of it now, when we actually look at it through the lens of uh, all, all, everything we know today, it was all BS. I mean, I'm 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 not afraid to say that anymore. It was all bullshit. Uh, I'm yep. sorry for using such language, but uh, that's just the reality of it. No, that's that's fine. We're actually I'm actually impressed with your senators, like Senator Babbitt, uh, Malcolm Roberts, Pauline Hanson. They are just grilling these people. And like you say, I, I looked at the mealy mouth answers that these pricks gave. And it was basically, oh no, we she she lays it like Pauline Hanson, she laid out the the whole coercion thing and, and how it is nothing but coercion. He goes, Oh no, no. No, we we're quite happy. Uh, because they've got contracts, Pfizer contracts that we've been pushing for the unredacted um contract to be given to New Zealanders, like mm. no doubt it is in Australia as well, where they have promised them so many things. And they gave them blanket indemnity. But what they don't understand is if if that indemnity was gained by way of fraud, and we know now it's fraud with the Pfizer documents being forced with the US uh, court case to be released to the public, that must nullify the contract because a contract can't stand if it's gained upon fraud. So these people should now be opened up for criminal prosecution. We have a royal, or we have a commission of inquiry here, COVID inquiry, which is a joke. It's a whitewash narrow terms of reference where they don't get to look at the coercion they don't get to look at the number of deaths they don't get to look at how it was introduced it was just basically like the crap with the christchurch stuff right what can we learn from this in other words you know nothing to see here people look at us we're paying, giving you lip service we're going to do a whitewash we're going to take millions in consultancy fees and then we're going to carry on business as usual are you do you get the sense that even if you had an inquiry over there they'll give you narrow terms of reference where you won't actually be able to investigate anything yeah, look, I mean, these guys are going to protect themselves, right? This is what politicians do. They protect themselves. And as long as they're controlling it, particularly in our country, we have somewhat of a uni party between the Labour and the Liberals. Uh, they're, both Same here. they're both involved in this, right? So the Liberal Party was the government during that time. The Labour Party is in power now. 
sure they'll bring a royal commission, but you know they're not going to really out each other. They're not they're they're not, they're not really going to uh, out these institutions that were involved in this, and they're going to protect themselves. But I think what we do get from something like a royal commission that what we're hoping for in Australia at least is uh, just to put some of these people in front of uh, these senators or whoever's asking them questions to actually get them to answer some tough questions like we saw Pauline Hanson did with the Pfizer reps. Now, nothing may have come of that, but for the general public, uh, it opens people's eyes. And I think that's very important because the next time that this kind of thing comes around, uh, people need to be aware that these people that are involved in signing these contracts, like you said, these uh, secret contracts in many ways in our country, and I know, like I think you were referring to potentially the, the court cases in South Africa, which has actually released uh, these contracts that South Africa signed with Pfizer yep. and Johnson and Johnson and so on with those, even just glancing through those contracts this morning that I was looking at them, uh, there's some very <laughs> startling things in there. And the fact that in our countries, in our so-called Western liberal democracies, our governments are signing up these secret contracts with these big pharmaceutical companies uh, to, you know, involve us in God knows what. And they're, they're, they're telling us to sacrifice all of this our businesses, our lives, and all these things, but we can't see the details of what they signed us up to. I think it's a bit rich, and you know we need to continue to fight to actually have these uh, documents made public. Uh, we also Absolutely. need to continue to fight uh, to hold these people accountable in in whatever way that we possibly can. And it, if that only becomes to the point where it's public embarrassment for them, even that is better than nothing. So. I think it's always good to hold their feet to the fire because it does uh, lead to even a, a minuscule amount of incremental change uh, when this kind of thing happens next time around. Yeah, yeah, because you've been um, part of the fight, you know, for a few years now. I mean, we were all here in New Zealand looking over at Melbourne in absolute horror. Do you want to give people a bit of a backstory of how you got involved in all of that and actually what you were filming? Because you were right on the front line and it was it really kicked off over there. Yeah, it really did kick off here in Australia, particularly in Melbourne. Uh, a lot of the commentary around that time was that we were the most locked down city in the world, uh, probably up there uh, alongside New Zealand in terms of the type of restrictions that were put on the people. Uh, but Melbourne did really kick off. And that was uh, to do with a lot of people just becoming frustrated. Uh, you know, Australians, um, same as Kiwis, probably were good people. Uh, we tend to have a good community spirit and we get together and we do things to protect our communities. And during the initial phases of this, you know, pandemic so-called, I think people were very willing to participate and be, be a, you know, have that community spirit to help each other. But we, what we saw along the line was, you know, many times our government officials are telling us different things, making mistakes, not being accountable, not being transparent. And then down the track, bringing in things like, you know, these mandates, people losing their jobs, uh, just lives being destroyed, right? We keep, I keep coming back to lives being destroyed. And that's because that's, that's, that's literally what happened. Um, so during that time, a lot of that frustration actually um, was expressed on the streets of Melbourne. A lot of brave people went out on the streets uh, to protest against what was happening to them. And of course, you know, for our health and safety, uh, they would rather you protest in a Facebook group or something where where they were where you were allowed to actually communicate certain messages on Facebook because even on there you were being censored, right? But this is what yep. our governments were telling us: you can't protest on the streets. You got to protest online, and you can do other things, but don't you dare come out into the streets. But a lot of brave people, you know, in our city here in Melbourne, went out into the streets. And during that time, I also went out to document what was happening to cover that, uh, because as we as we know, during that time, the mainstream media. 
was heavily influenced by government propaganda and they were acting as an instrument of the state. Uh, they weren't doing their duties as the fourth estate and being critical of what governments were saying and you know, really holding them to account on the mixed messages that were being given to the people. They were just happy to play along uh, with whatever the government said. So it really, you know, it, it came down to independent media like myself and um, others to be out there on the streets capturing what was happening because people were being misrepresented when they're on the streets. And it turned into a bit of brutality here in the West where we had uh, police here in Melbourne shooting up protesters with rubber bullets and uh, all sorts of other um, projectiles uh, just to scare the, scare the living daylight of them so they wouldn't come out and protest. But, you know, people persisted. Uh, I was there uh, throughout that whole time live streaming and covering that. And this is not something that I ever uh, really, you know, thought I would be doing uh, if it were not for the fact that we were put in that situation. So I'm normally, I work in business and uh, that's going quite well for me uh, prior to all of this. And even now I'm still working in my business. But during that time, you know, a lot of people had to stand up and uh, I guess fit into different roles. And one of the roles that I fit into was as a citizen journalist, independent media, um, ensuring that what was happening on the streets of Melbourne was being uh, given a fair fair coverage to the rest of the world who were watching um, in horror many times. Yeah, you did a phenomenal job. I actually just tried to find the uh, one of the bullets that they fired at the Wellington protest at us. Um, I've got one here. They, they shot the you guys face. as well there, right? So they, they did the same. Yeah, thing oh, for sure. Yeah, and they did it with such glee. Hmm. And and the thing is, these these mugs who, um you know, were happy to don their little riot uniform and come in and start brutalizing people because we caught all that as well. Uh, mainstream media, of course, saying that we are responsible for the problems when they were the ones who actually breached the peace. Um, <clears throat> how does it feel, the fact that everything we've been through, and and yet there's more to come? One, that it was based on lies. Everything, even the whole scam around this deadly virus ready to wipe out mankind was a lie. It was generated in a computer, for Christ's sake. And then... They roll out a bioweapon, it's exactly what it is, that starts injuring and killing people. Our excess uh, all-cause mortality rates are up, startlingly. And funny, that started as the jab started rolling out. We've got more people <clears throat> who are going to die soon and more people getting sick. And now they're saying with these new variants that come along that those who have been jabbed are actually going to be more susceptible to the new variants. That's because you've smashed their immune system, you pricks. You know what I mean? How does it feel over there? Do you guys get the sense of the same thing, that people are just furious they're over these mugs? And I think that's why they wanted to basically take the arms off everyone. Mm. They do false flags, they arm you, because they know that they're going to do more things that you will want to shoot them for. Look, I mean, there's two two parts to this. Obviously, um, you know, a lot of people, after what they've been through, um, I'm just talking about everyday people who are trying to get on with life. Uh, They're trying to get on with life now. And... You know, sadly, uh, I think uh, a lot of people are, have forgotten what happened just in the last couple of years. And that just goes to show you what society has become today, uh, where we don't pay attention to these things, which, you know, uh, is, a, is a warning that these things can potentially happen in the future, again, uh, without too much uh, pushback from the public. But there is a, mm. a segment of, of the community. Um, there are politicians. Um, there are some people out there that continue uh, to spotlight these issues, to continue to highlight this, because... Uh, Like you said, uh, a lot of the things that we were told about what the COVID pandemic was, uh, what the vaccines were, uh, how the virus started, a lot of these things, you know, they would call conspiracy theories and all this kind of stuff. But today, you know, we know, uh, we know definitively in some of these instances 
that no, actually, a lot of that is actually true. What people were saying back then, uh, yeah. but even after all of that, there there is a seg- large segment of the community that don't want to know any about any of this. So I think the the real fight is, of course, there's one element of holding government accountable, but the other fight is, of course, to get these kind of messages out to the mass people um, to ensure that they're also educated and uh, you know aware of what happened during that time. So there 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 is space for people to continue to educate people and and push back and fight against it. Sometimes, you know, when I'm doing this type of work and covering these issues, a lot of people will turn, go, go to me like, Rukshan, you know, you're still talking about this. Why are you still talking about this? You know, COVID's finished. Why are you still going on about this? And, you know, kind of like what you mentioned, uh, there are, you know, signs there that in the future, they could be looking at all types of other things. And I'm going to say exactly what that is because, you know, it could be anything. There are, there are certain signs that point to uh, things happening. And for me, I think it's important that we continue uh, to ensure that the, the public, the people in our countries are able to maintain some sort of uh, control over the government uh, in, in whichever manner that is. Like you said, we are disarmed populations. Uh, we don't have, uh, you know, these kind of, in, in Australia at least, we don't have a constitutional uh, bill of rights or we don't have the First Amendment. You know, there's so many uh, attacks happening in our country on on our free speech. There's so much censorship happening so yeah. even at that very basic level, forgetting about our right to be armed, we can't even, uh, you know, we don't even have the right to have our free speech almost in this country. So these yeah. are the things that I'm fighting for. And uh, these are the things that I'm focused on today in Australia. And many other people uh, similar to me are focused on, you know, trying to protect our freedom of speech, trying to protect our ability to communicate and trying to stop this, just this Orwellian uh, censorship juggernaut mm-hmm. that's being pushed down our throats here in Australia, and I'm sure in New Zealand and Canada and all around the West, there is this tendency now for governments to really coordinate with each other and work on censoring uh, the public and just stopping free speech. And I think that's one of the biggest threats right now that we face. Yeah, and I think a big part of, you know, the ongoing pushback of, you know, the media, the new media, because legacy media is dying their numbers are just plummeting but you know linking up with you linking up with other people all around the world you know that we're all sharing information just like they all like all the globalists share their information but um it's just really good to see what is happening in other countries because mainstream media won't cover it what's your plan moving forward what are you currently working on um where can people find you yeah, sure. Look, I mean, you can find me um, where all my connections are on my website, realrukshan.com, but obviously uh, X and YouTube, Rumble, all the mainstream platforms. I'm a bit different to uh, some other creators in this space. I try to exist on the mainstream platforms because I feel like that's where people who are on the fence are. Um, I, I tend not to uh, focus too much on what I would say are echo chambers. But again, it's important that we also promote uh, this new alt tech that we have, you know, services like Rumble. Um, I think in a way, uh, Odyssey and even X uh, falls into that category, BitChute. So there are these emerging services, but a lot of the mass is not there yet, the people. So I try to exist on the uh, mainstream platforms. And a lot of that does, unfortunately, involve a bit of self-censorship and in the way that I communicate my messages and so on. But I think that's just a part of it. So uh, that's what I'm yeah. working on. So just kind of making more more content around educating people. I work on a few podcasts. I collaborate with a few different people um, and also try to get out there onto the street as well for certain issues. Because, you know, for myself, for instance, I'm just one person and a lot of uh, smaller outlets like what we do are a small operation. So we have to kind of uh, direct our focus onto the issues uh, that might not be getting the attention that uh, should be getting from the media, or if there are issues, the media is giving it attention, but maybe the other story, the other side of that story is important. So I focus on that type of uh, work, 
but a lot of my interest in in currently is around uh, misinformation, disinformation legislation that's uh, uh, being trying to uh, rammed through our government. Uh, oh, we got it here too. Yeah, so a lot of my focus is around uh, this big tech censorship, uh, holding the fact checkers in our country to account. So I've been doing a lot of investigative journalism on some of the fact checking organizations in this country, uh, trying to find out the links that they have with foreign organizations, uh, as well as, you know, just just in general, uh, exposing uh, just how ludicrous the whole fact checking industry here is. And just, just so again, to give people in the middle uh, everyday people who are looking at these kind of fact checkers as authorities, uh, to for them to understand there's something more going on there. So I feel like that's where I can do the, the best uh, work that I can do at the moment. How you doing? You're doing fine. We're we're a little hardcore around the edges. So if you cover the middle ground, we'll take the uh, stragglers around the outside. I think we should well, be able look, to I mean, there, there, there's, yeah. there's a space for there's a space there for everyone, and I think it's all it's very important. Uh, everything we talk about. So definitely, I agree with you. You're doing an excellent job. And thanks very much for coming on. Yeah, really appreciate your time, Rakshan. All the best. Thanks, guys. Lovely being on. Another top bloke there, Kelvin. He's he's a bit more on the you know chilled, measured side of things, which is great because we need all types of temperaments. Yeah, because apparently some lamos like listening to listening to that sort of thing. I like getting right in your right in your head. I like bouncing around in there, trying to wake you up. You know, you like causing controversy. Oh well, hey, if you're not causing controversy, no one's looking at you. So how can anyone get a message? You know what I mean? And it also helps inspire <clears throat> those who who know there's a problem, who want to speak out. So I'll take the hits for you. That's no problem at all. Yeah, well, it takes all sorts of people to get the message out. Obviously, uh, everybody's looking for something different in terms of who they can uh, consume with the truth. So no, I don't more... think it's just the the chilled out nature of. Uh, Rukshan, I think it's because he's also got an intelligence component that oh, goes with definitely. it. He can yeah. de- he can con- he can deconstruct things in a measured tone. That's great. Yeah, and he's very good at yeah, like you say, um, articulating things yeah. and presenting them. That helps. That definitely. Helps. Um, but what I was going to say is, you know, a lot of anger out there at the moment. My suggestion is put it into something practical. Um, obviously, here in New Zealand, we've got the election coming up in October. Um, so maybe you want to get involved with that or, um, you know, start your own platform, get your own voice out there. Turn that anger it's into It's not easy, positive. though. Okay, if anyone no. thinks this, doing this is easy, you got rocks in your head and you might vote Labour. <laughs> it's definitely not easy and uh, we're certainly questioning the future of Counterspin uh, because it just takes so much effort and, you know, it is – mostly a thankless task it certainly doesn't pay the bills so um you know we're we're just we're just thinking about our direction so if you do want to support us and you want to keep us on here please go and donate at counterspinmedia.com we need your support we can't do it without you and this is a team effort you know we need yeah we need all of us to to keep these um initiatives going and another team effort that is like wildfire <clears throat> because we know the climate con narratives coming we said it was coming before, and now all of a sudden you've got all these highlight anomalies across the world. Oh, shit, look at that. And they're messaging ahead of time. There's going to be some wildfires coming up soon, people. And all of a sudden, wildfires are going to start, and you're going to, your brain's automatically going to go back to where they implanted that, and you're going to say, oh, yeah, no, they were right. Well, they're wrong. Okay, most of these are going to be deliberately lit <clears throat> just to continue the narrative. You've seen it everywhere. You saw it with 9-11. You saw it with this, with the COVID con. You're going to, you've seen it with every other con they've brought out since Northwoods and everything. So don't buy into it. Yeah, because they're using potentially some are saying directed energy weapons. Who knows? You know, but got the wildfire 
the wildfire movement, when you talked about <clears throat> wildfire and catchy and all that sort of thing, there is a movement in this country that's never been before and that the people themselves are rising and they're doing it organically and it's amazing to see. And they're all backing just one direction and that's the self-empowerment and reclaiming of their country for themselves and their families and they're doing that through New Zealand Loyal. I declared my bias from the beginning and I do not back away from it. They are well-articulated policy positions. They tell you what's wrong, how we actually got there, who's behind it, and how they're going to deal with it. But there's a lot of psychos out there trying to say, um, oh, you know, don't do the 5% thing. You've got Cam Slater saying it. You've got RCR saying it. You've got Voices for Freedom saying it. It's the same title line as they try to push Winston Peters or Winston first. This is actually what's going to happen. All the disenchanted votes are going to be channeled to Winston Peters, and that establishment party is going to rejoin the club. Then you're all going to be pissed off and wondering, oh, what happened? Why, why have we been sold out again? That's why. So if you want real change and something to happen, New Zealand law is the only way. And all you other psycho little uh, cobbled together Frankenstein bunch of misfits, you ain't got what it takes. So you should abandon your positions and actually get them behind New Zealand loyal. You're proving yourselves to be disruptive. You're proving yourselves to be not credible or knowledgeable of actually what's going on. None of you have the balls to lay it out and lay the facts out like Liz Gunn does. That's just a fact of life. You're weak. Most of you are soy boys. Females obviously must be transitioning to take their place. There is something seriously wrong in the water in this country. New Zealand loyal is the only way you're going to get out of this crap. Why? Because it's the people. It's people driven. They go, oh, but she left it too late. No, she left it. She did it perfectly. She sat back and she thought there's got to be someone who's going to stand up who are genuinely for the people and have a heart to get the stuff, get the job done. This is what she believed. So she waited and waited, and there was no one. Then she decided, I'll do it myself then. And then look at the incredible people after she made her announcement, especially the uh, policy position outline. She told you the direction she wanted to go, and then it's just been truth bomb after truth bomb, red pill after red pill, and it has just not slackened off. Incredible. That's why Councilman Media are 100% behind it. Why? Because we're voters too. We have children too. We want a better future too. And we now have a platform that we don't need damn well mainstream media cocking up our message, massaging it, and giving you falsehoods. We can do it ourselves now. We can go direct. All you idiots who say, she's got to join a composite party, up your ass. She doesn't need to join nothing. Why? Because she's the real deal. That's why. She's not there going to bow and scrape to some psychopathic little idiot who thinks he can come and have a public wank somewhere and just get some, you know, some good time and some good vibes. Fuck off. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> that wasn't planned. It's a little off topic, but. <laughs> well, if we're going to go there. But it's actually I, on topic. Can so... I just can I just read where I do agree with Calvin? Because, um, you know, we've been doing these election specials because we do want to give everybody a, a fair chance. That's me, a fair go. Try and stay, you know, unbiased towards our, our freedom side of things. You know, the ones that get largely ignored by mainstream media. But what I do want to say publicly, and I have put this up on our Telegram page and our other social media pages, and this is my opinion, uh, and I do agree with Liz Gunn in terms of the current PSYOP, where the narrative is to keep voters thinking that voting for a minor party is a wasted vote in a system where the uni party, which here in New Zealand is National and Labour, will always get in. Most who push this are unwitting participants, as it's a line that's been pushed many times before. It was going on when I was you know, part of the Greens as well. Um, and so 
voting for a minor party is not a wasted vote. And this is why I believe this to be the case. How can you waste your vote if you're voting for a party that best represents your values? And then people say, but the polls show, blah, 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 blah. I mean, who trusts the polls these days anyway? And even if you do believe the polls and you vote strategically, which is not for the party that you really believe in, um, just so you don't waste your vote because you think it won't count, what will that party then do for you once they're in? Which is kind of what Calvin was alluding to. They might sell you out. Because if that party... They will. If that party is going into coalition with the uni party or selling me out, I'm happy wasting my vote, my sacred vote, for a party that actually deserves it. My vote will go to the party I feel not only best represents me, but the one I most trust. How can you trust any political figure who didn't speak up during the COVID lockdowns and the bioweapon rollout, which was not compulsory, by the way, according to our favourite Ginger Mouse? If you could figure it out and then you spoke out or you stood up, why didn't all our politicians? And these bullshit academics. Exactly. Either they fully knew what was going on and lied, in which case they don't deserve your vote, or they found out the truth and stayed quiet, in which case they really don't deserve your vote, or they were too dumb to realise the truth, in which case they don't deserve your vote. Why would you want these people representing you? So by voting for the party that best represents me, number one, I won't have buyer's remorse, which I did last time. Um, If the uni party gets in with the support of a minor party who is clearly happy to sell us out to the globalists, even if it is just in confidence and supply. And I voted for a mainstream minor party, and I definitely regret that. Number two, I will have held firm in the fundamentals and voted for the party that best suits me and my family. Even though I know we're operating under a corrupt corporate entity, I've not yet corrected my status. So I'm still contracted. If you've still got a passport, if you've still got a driver's license, if you've still got an IRD number, if you've still got a bank account, you are still part of the corporate structure. So consider Mm -hmm. this, that actually you're not going to be contracting back into the system because you're still part of it. So therefore, I'm still in the matrix, so I'm actually just going to play their game because finally there's somebody that I believe in. And I certainly won't be wasting my vote on uh, (laughs) – Uh, a word, what do we say for that? See you next Tuesday. Uh, yeah, see you next Tuesdays. Sometime. Yeah. that's with the S on the end of it. Excuse my French, but I am pissed off. Any politician that can't stand firm by the anti-vaxxers Oops. this election is a see you next Tuesday of the First Order. So why is it a PSYOP anyway? All the minor parties in Parliament started as small parties outside of Parliament. The voters liked their policies and they got in. They all started somewhere. And yes, the system is geared towards a uni party, a two-party system, helped greatly by the PSYOP. And nothing changes if people keep buying into the tired, wasted vote rhetoric. If you always do what you always did, you'll always get what you've always got. And the beauty of our system is that there are now many minor parties with great policies. If the uni party doesn't represent you anymore, send them a message by voting for a minor party. And especially... um, and I'll especially be voting for a minor party with candidates who stood up under COVID when it was scary and absolutely uncool. And another thing I've been pondering, what would happen if the 120 seats in Parliament ended up being shared equally amongst, say, six parties after voting was all said and done? Could all the minor parties run a united campaign here in New Zealand saying anything but lab nats? Imagine a Parliament made up of heaps of minor parties who don't all support the globalists. 
How would that even work if Labour and National only got 10 to 15% each? What would the beehive be like? Just things to contemplate, things to consider. Some people say it would be a mess, but hey, let's let's actually think about and imagine a different way of doing things. In my opinion, the real wasted vote is the vote cast for a party that is not your first choice. Yep. That was my opinion. And um, if all those idiots think that New Zealand First is going to save you, you got rocks in your head, and you're actually pissing me off because you're actually putting my future in danger and that of my child. And, and what I want to say, Calvin, is that um, just one more thing. Yeah. Here's a guy who campaigned and got thousands, tens of thousands of votes based on anti-immigration. Then goes ahead and signs the migration pact, promised he wouldn't go for the bauble. I'm not interested in the baubles of office. Then gets the baubles of office. Do you see a pattern here? Think about it, clowns. And I want to say to all of you who are thinking about voting for New Zealand First, okay, if that's your party that best represents you, fine. They are polling, you know, 5 6%. Some say they might get 8 or 9 10% in the end. Then he's already in. So why not start now considering if you've got another option that is your There's first There's no option. other option. New Zealand law is the only way to go. Stop beating around the damn bush. <laughs> um, why, do you, why do you always have to do that? Well, what I'm saying trying is... Trying to save our family in the future of this country. We ain't got time for the, the negotiation or, or niceties. Fuck that. Just get on with it. But what I'm saying Zero is... Zero is the only way. There's room for more than one small minor party. No, there's not. There's not, actually, because most of these other minor small parties are useless as tits on a fucking ball. How are you going to do that? Seriously, you think the Tamaki bloody um, mess of misfits that the Freedom of Rights Coalition is actually going to save us when they're so dysfunctional it's unbelievable? They kept, they're not even telling people what's going on in the country. The, the, they've got proceeds that have the donations from bloody jab centres and shit like that. What, you think it's okay doing that? It's just like me prostituting some young kids out and then saying, right, I'm, I'm going to have a business saving kids. It's a bit stupid, isn't it? And then the NMP clown who tried to deride Liz and New Zealand law saying, oh, but you didn't um, you didn't join the Umbrella Party. You need to. And then in an ironic twist of fate, they leave the uh, Freedom's Umbrella Party. And what happened to NMP at the beginning? A whole lot of people walked out. Why? Because Grant Norman King, everyone should look that up. There's a story there. So much of these people have got so much baggage and so much a, a need to accommodate the peas and, oh, let's just go along to get a line. Fuck off. This country's got to be saved. It's got to be saved now because if you guys have been watching properly and listening to what's coming down the line that we've been telling you and stepping you out on, then you realize you've got, you're up to your last chance. Everyone says, oh, it's the most important election out. This one is. You stuff this up, you stuff it up for everyone. And it'll be no longer will it be the ballot box, box being an option. It will be the ammo box that comes next to a lot of people. I'm telling you now. I've been warning about this for ages. People say, and the cops, oh, part of your bail conditions is don't incite violence. Fuck me. You pricks have been inciting violence from day one. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just shifting you, because you, Storm's just out there. As and... you, as you are injecting people and killing them off, as you're brutalizing them on the streets, you guys caused the violence. You're just lucky there has not already been an uprising of a civil damn war in this country, knocking you guys off your perch. That's the facts. That is the facts. Whatever comes, you've caused it. You psychopathic lunatic pricks. If you got a bone of decency, if you got an ounce of decency in you, get out of the police force and actually join the people or use your positions to actually start arresting the pricks in there who have been propagating this democide that's been going on. Using the law will hold them all into account and you for being silent. I promise you that. Well, yeah, I totally uh, feel what you're feeling, Calvin. I don't necessarily have a way of expressing it and articulating actually as well like as I you do. do. But 
what people need to realize is that this is just another playbook like 9-11 and we need to actually, do you want to set that, that next? Yeah, it just goes to show the education system in this country is an absolute abysmal failure because people cannot comprehend what's going on. They can't find the common denominator. They can't find recognized pattern recognition. They can't do any of that. You've been so dumbed down with your food, your glyphosate, all that sort of stuff. It's just incredible. But that's what we're here for, to try and step you through it and try and yeah, help but most you understand. Of that, but then you've got these so-called freedom people saying, oh, they're controlled opposition. Uh, why are we controlled opposition? Uh, we we tell you more secrets than any of those other fucking idiots. We, we, we tell you what's coming, and we're right all the time. We haven't been proven wrong yet. How are we controlled opposition, you idiots? You guys are unwittingly characters in this manipulative game. You're just pawns on the, the, the chessboard. Why do you think they're always after us? Because we're the we're the kings and queens on that chessboard. That's why. That's why they fear us. <laughs> and because I we and sure. I will say, if we are controlled opposition, we are certainly not making any money. We're not looking at any luxury. We're not. I mean, what are we actually gaining? Nothing. We've actually given everything. Yeah, a whole lot of crap from people who should know better. In fact, you guys all need to just go get jabbed and let the rest of us save those who have actually got a brain. Okay, so we want to set up this next clip. It's really important that you stick around and watch it. If you're not, if you're not familiar with all the the nine eleven um, narrative, it's Come a on. memorial um, of sorts, and it should hit home for a lot of people. So, thanks for joining us. Thanks to all our guests for joining us. Um, we hope that you've learned something new, and that you're going to get out there and take action in the world and be part of the change because change is coming. Check this video out. On the morning of September 11, 2001, 19 men armed with box cutters directed by a man on dialysis in a cave fortress halfway around the world using a satellite phone and a laptop directed the most sophisticated penetration of the most heavily defended airspace in the world. Overpowering the passengers and the military combat trained pilots on four commercial aircraft before flying those planes wildly off course for over an hour without being molested by a single fighter interceptor. These 19 hijackers, devout religious fundamentalists who like to drink alcohol, snort cocaine, and live with pink-haired strippers, managed to knock down three buildings with two planes in New York. While in Washington, a pilot who couldn't handle a single-engine Cessna was able to fly a 757 in an 8,000-foot descending 270-degree corkscrew turn to come exactly level with the ground, hitting the Pentagon in the budget analyst office where DOD staffers were working on the mystery of the $2.3 trillion that Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld had announced missing from the Pentagon's coffers in a press conference the day before, on September 10th, 2001. Luckily, the news anchors knew who did it within minutes. Osama bin Laden. The pundits knew within hours. Osama bin Laden. The administration knew within the day. Terrorists who committed these acts and those who harbored them. And the evidence literally fell into the FBI's lap. That a hijacker's passport was found blocks from the World Trade Center crash site, if you can believe that. But for some reason, a bunch of crazy conspiracy theorists demanded an investigation into the greatest attack on American soil in history. That investigation was delayed, underfunded, set up to fail, a conflict of interest, and a cover-up from start to finish. It was based on testimony extracted through torture, the records of which were destroyed. It failed to mention the existence of WTC-7, Able Danger, P-TECH, Sibel Edmonds, OBL and the CIA, and the drills of hijacked aircraft being flown into buildings that were being simulated at the precise same time that those events were actually happening. It was lied to by the Pentagon, the CIA, the Bush administration, and as for Bush and Cheney, 
well, no one knows what they told it because they testified in secret, off the record, not under oath, and behind closed doors. It didn't bother to look at who funded the attacks because that question is ultimately of little practical significance. Still, the 9-11 Commission did brilliantly answering all of the questions the public had, except most of the victim's family members' questions, and pinned blame on all the people responsible, although no one so much as lost their job, determining the attacks were failure of imagination because Nobody in our government, at least, and I don't think the prior government that could envision flying airplanes into buildings. Except the Pentagon, FEMA, NORAD, and the NRO. The DIA destroyed 2.5 terabytes of data on Able Danger, but that's okay because it probably wasn't important. The SEC destroyed their records on the investigation into the insider trading before the attacks, but that's okay because destroying the records of the largest investigation in SEC history is just part of routine record keeping. NIST has classified the data that they used for their model of WTC7's collapse, but that's okay because knowing how they made their model of the collapse would jeopardize public safety. The FBI has argued that all material related to their investigation of 9-11 should be kept secret from the public, but that's okay because the FBI probably has nothing to hide. This man never existed, nor is anything he had to say worthy of your attention, and if you say otherwise, you are a paranoid conspiracy theorist and deserve to be shunned by all of humanity. Likewise him, 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 and her and her, and her, and him. Osama bin Laden lived in a cave fortress in the hills of Afghanistan, but somehow got away. Then he was hiding out in Tora Bora, but somehow got away. Then he lived in Abbottabad for years, taunting the most comprehensive intelligence dragnet employing the most sophisticated technology in the history of the world for a decade, releasing video after video with complete impunity and getting younger and younger as he did so, before finally being found in a daring SEAL team raid which wasn't recorded on video, in which he didn't resist or use his wife as a human shield, and in which these crack special forces operatives panicked and killed this unarmed man, supposedly the best source of intelligence about those dastardly terrorists on the entire planet. Then they dumped his body in the ocean before telling anyone about it. Then a couple dozen of that team's members died in a helicopter crash in Afghanistan. This is the story of 9-11, brought to you by the media which told you the hard truths about His head could be seen to move violently forward. And They took the babies out of incubators. And Mobile production facilities. And The rescue of Jessica Lynch. If you have any questions about this story, you are a batshit, paranoid, tinfoil, dog-abusing baby hater, and will be reviled by everyone. If you love your country and or freedom, happiness, rainbows, rock and roll, puppy dogs, apple pie, and your grandma, you will never ever express doubts about any part of this story to anyone. Ever. This has been a public service announcement by the friends of the FBI, CIA, NSA, DIA, SEC, MSM, White House, NIST, and the 9-11 Commission. Because ignorance is strength. Produced by James Corbett of thecorbettreport.com. You can find Counterspin, New Zealand's media revolution, at counterspinmedia.com. And now, on the InfoWars network, at band.video.